Hey, everybody. Hi. This is this is Molly and Danny. We're here. We're here just to let you know that uh, today's very special episode of The Pants Are Too Tight is uh, is is longer. It's a long one. It's like two hours, you know. Um, it's funny. I feel like every episode is going to have this kind of warning at I the top. Know. We should just let them know that they're all going to be like this. No, they're going to let us know if they like the yeah. long ones or the short ones. If people like the long ones or they like the short ones. We got some short ones up. We got some long ones up. You decide. You decide. Yeah, it's like it's a, a long one, yeah. but uh, we hope you stick through till the end. Yes. Listen. There are some weird tangents in this one. There's a lot of jokes, some bits, some laughter, some tears. But you got to stay till the end because we have just recently found out about this beautiful, weird TV show that we're we're a little into right now. It's from the 90s. It's an obscure thing. We don't want to spoil it because the reveal of its connection to the topic is really like cool, but also infuriating. Yeah. Um, we'll give you a hint, though. It does involve the main man, Paul Rudd. It does involve the main man, Paul Rudd. And... He's look. He's great. He's a great feature of it, but he's also a bug in the Matrix, and we don't need to get into we that don't yet. Need to get into that. No, but, but uh, um, stick, we hope a- stick around. Stick around for some weird Paul Rudd stuff. Yeah, not like bad. Don't worry. No, it's nothing. No, he's bad. good. He's Listen, good. Listen, don't worry. Paul Rudd's a delight. Yep. At any rate, anyway, enjoy this episode of the Pants Are Too Tight. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get into it. Welcome to the first night of the first network for the next century. UPN. Chang, chang, changity, chang, shibop. We'll always be like wah, 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 You're getting ready for your... When we go out at <laughs> night. <laughs> You're really And the stars are shining bright. Wah, up in the skies above. Wow, <laughs> Or at the high school dance where you can find romance. Maybe it might be love, but up, up, but up. Daddy's getting boom de boom. Chang chang. I'm sorry, what? You're getting ready. Oh, ready for the Tony sing along. I'm prepared for this year's replacement of the Tonys with an airing of Grease that will have captions. And probably a little bouncing ball. You know, that really special movie that isn't on TV every other night of the year. Yeah, Grease, everybody's favorite. Can I tell you something? Danny? I was never a big I was never a big Grease kid. I had to be in a middle school production of Grease when I was a youth. And um it scarred me. I love Grease. I was also in a middle school production of Grease, but not at a middle school. I was just in middle school. Yeah, you were. And um I loved it. It was one of my favorite shows to be in because it was fun. I saw that. But yeah. Grease is not the equivalent of the Tonys. I have always felt and this will be a separate episode someday of our beautiful podcast where I will I will give you my grease thoughts one day cuz I have a lot of grease He's hot got takes. a lot of grease hot I takes. I do talk about grease a lot and it just it's honestly number one it's the word. Let's get that out of the way. It's the word absolutely. Yeah, it's got groove. Not to be confused with the bird. No. That's another word. Bird is no longer the word, Molly. And this is something I'd like to issue out to the public. I don't know who knows, I don't know who doesn't. Bird's not the word. I don't know who's been telling you it is. It's a goof. It's a wrong doing. It's Greece. Greece, Molly. Now that's the word. <laughs> CBS. We don't have the Tonys because there's a goddamn pandemic, but we will show you a movie from 40 years ago where teenagers really just, oh God, it's problematic beyond all reason, Molly. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to The Pants Are Too Tight. Yeah, oh, it's the best name for a podcast ever. I'm Molly. And I'm Danny. You know what you know what this podcast is, folks? You know you know what we are? Molly and I were siblings. 
That is true. One we of are. us is a brother. One of us is a sister. That's for you to decide. It's nebulous. But what we are beyond related is 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 we are obsessive people. We we have no coping skills. No. We have no mechanism with which to defend ourselves from the, the harsh light of the sun. We step out into this world of ours, and these little grains of sand pelt against our skin, and we go, and then the, and then the pellets of the pelts of sand they burrow into our skin, and they fester, and and over time, and they make us bitter, resentful people, and that's why neither of us can handle ourselves in a public space. That's why anytime Molly sees cotton cotton candy, she screams. I think what Danny's trying to say is that... <laughs> is that it's a show about the little it's things. It's a show about the little things. The things that just you think about and they bother you. It's not enough that it's going to ruin your life, no. but it is enough to ruin your sleep. It'll, it'll keep you up. It'll make you think. It'll make you stay awake till four in the morning yelling at your sibling about like, why? Why hast thou forsaken me? You know, that kind of thing. If you're someone that obsesses about the little things too, those things that you think you notice and you're not really sure if other people do, then this is probably the podcast for you. And if you don't, you just might want to listen to two crazy people rant. Yeah, you might like to enjoy us being befuddled. And you might learn a little something along the way. Let me put it to you this way. <laughs> if you like to talk to tomatoes, if a squash can make you smile, if you that's, like to... What? That's, that's the wrong show. Oh, I'm sorry. We wrong have no show, show for you. <laughs> Our show will contain exactly zero religious content. At least not for the Christian religion. I am starting a cult. Molly doesn't want me to promote it on the podcast. It's a little <laughs> side business, but... Um, I'd like to kick off episode five with a correction that was pointed out to me oh, by one of our fans. One of our many loyalists. So, um, in a previous episode <laughs> no of the listens. podcast, I, um, I had said, we were talking about the song Absolutely, also known as Story of a Girl, and I- I don't know if you've heard it. I don't know if you know it, but- It's the, it's the story it's of a the girl. It's the story of a girl. She mm-hmm. cries a river. Yeah. And then guess what? She drowns the whole, whole world. world. Um, I had said that it was by the Click Five, and I wasn't sure if that was it, so I looked it up and said, yes, this says it's by the Click Five, um, but it's not. It's by Nine Days, and I just wanted to put that out there. What I did was I did not Google it. I went into my music library, and the song Just the Girl and Story of a Girl are next to each other, and Just the Girl is by the Click Five, and... Absolutely, Story of a Girl is by Nine Days. And I was confused because when she said Just the Girl, I thought she meant the song I'm Just a Girl. That that other that's a different that's unrelated. Yeah, that, that's that's either. completely unrelated. Who so sings that? Is that that is no doubt? I believe. Yes, you're correct. Um, you're right. Right. But now you? I'm afraid oh, no. to say. What that? if you're not right? Now I would like to issue a non-correction. <laughs> okay. I would like to double down on something oh, in the podcast. Okay. In, I believe, our previous episode, mm-hmm. which is our longest episode, that episode yes. runs something like two hours, 15 minutes, two, something like that. It's a long episode. You could probably watch, uh, you know, the the theatrical version of Batman v Superman in the time it takes to listen to that podcast. And, you know, which way you'd rather spend two hours, 15 minutes. I mean, that's up to you. Let I don't us know be... if you like the longer episodes or the shorter ones. Let us know because we're just we're just yelling into computers. We We'd don't really. we here for you, folks. We we do this for you. We do it for you. And what appreciation Sorry, what, do you what, show what, us? What do you want to double down oh, on? Uh, yeah, I just want to double down on uh, I edit these podcasts. And in the previous episode, there's a there's a moment where maybe you hear <laughs> me say the words, Molly, I have to pee. And then there's like a good second and a half of nothing. 
And then there's we just resume talking as if nothing's happened. Now what happened there was we paused the recording recording so that I'm I might have a chance to alleviate a certain bodily function which we all have. And and normally you'd think, <laughs> wait, you edit the podcast. If you're editing and you're going through and you're taking things out, why would you leave that in? And normally in a situation like this, someone would just say, Oh, it was a mistake. I'll take it down and I'll re-upload it without the pee break. But you know what? No. <laughs> I refuse to be ashamed. Everyone tinkles. I had a book once that told me that there are certain bodily functions which we all share. <laughs> and I think that if I have to edit out every time on this podcast, I have to pause a recording to pee, I might as well edit out every breath we take. I might as well listen closely for the sound of us blinking and remove it. I shan't remove So the... you decided to edit out the six other times you had to pause the podcast to pee and to just pee. left the one. I missed one. I had to pee a lot. It was a long episode. I'm a nightmare on car trips. And a podcast is just a car trip without any sense of accomplishment because you'd never go anywhere. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, we've done enough bantering up top, have we not? I think we can. We've wasted enough of the good people's time. Let's get into the topic. Let's dive in. Today's topic has a clickbaity title. Not that anyone will be baited and not that anyone will click, but it's a little clickbaity sounding, Molly. I think it's just dramatic. It's true, but it's appropriate. It is. Some would say Shakespearean, like a Wagnerian opera, like 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 Wagner's operas. This is this is triumphant. I think it pulls you in. I think it. I think it I think grips it... you. I think it's gripping. <laughs> I baited you into doing that voice. You really did. With my eyebrows. You did. You did. You did the face that I do <laughs> to do that voice. <clears throat> At any rate, I, I promise I'll quit <laughs> that voice. Tell you what. Here's here's the here's the ask. You should leave us a review. Leave us. Uh, a rating, preferably a good one, five stars. If it's not five stars, don't leave five stars. But you know, give us a good rating. Leave us a review. Tweet your friends. Put out a link to the podcast. Share it on your Instagram. Follow our social media accounts. That's all in the description. You know, all the different ways to contact us. There's an email address. There's our social media links. Just just go into the description of this episode or any other episode, and you'll find a way to contact us or to share our delightful content. So do that. And in exchange, I will stop talking like this every time I do a bit. It's very <laughs> annoying. Molly's sick of it. I can see it in her face. My voice is getting hoarse from doing that so much. But it's really a that's, problem. That's the promise. Engage with us. Help us boost this this sort of Apple Podcasts algorithm, and we'll we'll sort of you know give you a, a turnabout as fair play. And I'll stop doing the voice because it it's irritating. <laughs> Nobody likes it. You're laughing, but it's only because we're making direct eye contact. You're very it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable for oh, that voice and make direct eye oh, contact. Oh, it's horrifying because I don't give the I don't give up the ship. I don't stop. The <laughs> I wish you could see the degree, the speed at which Janie's arm was flapping while speaking. I wish you could see six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's a website I've designed where you could find out who's the six degrees. <laughs> it's everyone. He's in so many movies. Today's episode title. Today's is... episode. <laughs> the times that a celebrity has destroyed the universe. The times that a celebrity's existence within a piece of media has destroyed a fictional universe or continuity. Molly, this sounds dramatic, but what what is it? It's when a celebrity guest stars or is just in a show that references another work that that artist was in. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of makes you go like, wait a minute. Why don't do I do I know you? Shouldn't I recognize you? What is happening? How it, can this be? How can this exist? It just really 
confuzzles you a bit. We're going to, we have a list. We're going to give you some examples. We did not organize it as like top 10 times a celebrity because that would be. that clickbait. That's excessive clickbait. We might call, you know, we, we, we might, you know, go out there, sell ads on the street, literally offer to sell our bodies to science, but we're not that desperate. We're not going to make a numbered list. I mean, we have a numbered list. It's just not an even number. You know, it's just like a Yeah, weird, it's yeah. it's easily not a, it's not a top list. It's yeah. just a list. It's handwritten on a piece of paper. These are just examples we thought of. We did try to Google this. We did try to find it. And we, and I, we found a faulty example that I'll complain about to you later. Yes. You know, we found an example that I don't an feel. An easier way to Google this up. if you are curious. Something that came up with Celebrity Paradoxes. That's the word. That's the TV Tropes the name. the TV Tropes name. Yeah. TV Tropes is a, is a fun website. TVTropes.org, I believe. I don't think it's a .com. But anyway, sure. TV Tropes is a, is a fun website. You can waste so much time on there. It's great. And it's basically, it's like Wikipedia, but for useless kinds of trivia. Usually what it is is it's categorizing movies, TV shows, books, that kind of stuff. Media into different tropes. So like... Um, what what's a good example, Molly? Uh, gosh, celebrity paradox. This this uh, trope. They'll list a bunch of TV shows that have examples of it, and then at the top there's usually like a trivia button, and you click trivia, and then it gives you trivia about that uh, trope. And then they have uh, pages for pieces of media, so like you can put in your favorite movie and see all the different tropes that are in the movie. And it's just it's, a fun way to look at media. Just you it's know, it's a free advertisement for TV tropes. I mean, I think it's a dot org, so I don't think they're making any money. But you know, you can donate probably. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Go, just go so TV this, tropes. It's this fun. is our list of uh... yeah, yeah. This is our list of times that a celebrity's existence or appearance has destroyed. A fictional universe. You've probably noticed some of these, and you Everybody. probably might have not known there was a name for it, or not known if other people cared, or you might have read several clickbait articles about it. But yes, yes, you might have written several clickbait, yeah, clickbait <laughs> articles about this. You might have. I've been stammering a lot. Made today. some Reddit posts. Should we to cancel the podcast? I've been stammering a lot today. No. Do you think you're I'm always still... stammering? You are. It, we, we, uh, you uh, go what do you mean, Porky Pig? What most do you mean? Yeah, I, 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 I can't understand you. What are you? We, we, uh, what are you talking about? Because I, I'm I, talking I, I, about I, I, celebrities destroying. Let's talk universe. about that, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Sorry. Every time before we start the podcast, Danny says, "I'm not going <laughs> to sing as much on this one." <laughs> I do sing a lot, but that's but just, it's delightful. It's true to knowing me in it's person. It's very true to knowing him. In I person. do hold it back for the podcast because I'm embarrassed. I don't like people hearing me sing, but I can't stop. He it. can't stop the beat. Molly, uh, much like the mask, as portrayed by Jim Carrey, I'm constantly asking for someone to stop me. But does anyone? No. And thus I am smoking, Molly. I will look in a mirror and say, somebody stop me. But no one does. I'm sorry, what? That's what you sounded like. Somebody stop me. I don't know what you're imitating that I sound like. You said somebody stop me. Whatever yes. you just did. Yeah, I was doing the math. I could not hear that. It yes. just sounded like shabba shabba. Oh, shabba shabba. Shabba shabba dear boy. So the first uh, the example first we've exam- got. Yeah, the first example. Just we wanted to start off with a simple, easy one that would help explain the concept to everybody. But then we got sidetracked and we've been talking for 15 minutes without establishing the point. <laughs> this is a, a nice, easy one to ease you in. Here's a set of nice little, little training wheels uh, example. Um, in Seinfeld, there is a scene where Kramer and Newman are, are standing around and they're talking about the magic bullet that's seen in, in JFK where they're discussing the different conspiracy theories. They're specifically talking about the magic bullet theory from the movie JFK. And of course, in the movie JFK, Wayne Knight makes an appearance and Wayne Knight plays Newman 
on Seinfeld. Ergo, two characters are standing around talking about a movie where one of the actors in the scene has appeared. And so it's like a, it, it just doesn't make sense within the universe. No, you're like, Newman, were you in this movie? And if so, Kramer, shouldn't you recognize him? Or does Newman look exactly like Wayne Knight? My God. <laughs> Molly. Do you think Newman goes to movies and is like, I could have played that guy in Jurassic Park. I could have been Dennis Dendry. I think he thinks Dendry. that he is. Uh, do you he think... probably takes the credit and is like, yeah, that was me. Yeah. yeah I go probably... around moonlighting as Wayne Knight. Molly, moonlighting as Wayne Knight is almost like a, a vocal exercise. I feel like, like I love I Need Unique New York. This is a bad time to do it because I'm stuttering so much. I love I Need Unique New York. I'm really, I'm stuttering. I'm not trying to do that. I've developed sort of a porky pig. No, but then like you're just like you're warming up in front of the mirror. You're like, ah, bah, 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 bah. Way <laughs> moonlighting as Wayne Knight. Moon. I don't. I Wayne. do not feel like it's one of those. To me, it sounded like an Oscar or like a dramatic soap opera. You're just thinking of the movie Moonlight. <laughs> well, yes, I thought of that as well. Or, or you're thinking of the TV show Moonlighting, where Bruce Willis <laughs> is. Is it <laughs> might be? God. Anyway, okay. So uh, another regular old example, classic example, the television program Glee. Oh, Glee is Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. Chuck no, full. Chuck was on NBC. Glee was on Fox. Glee is full of um, examples of this. Yeah. Probably the most prominent would be um, w- regarding Wicked. We know Wicked is a beloved Broadway musical right. that starred Dina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. And the Glee people being pretty big show tunes fans are constantly singing songs from Wicked. Yeah. And yet both Dina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth guest star on Glee. Not as themselves. Not as, as themselves. Characters. As characters. Yeah. One of them being Rachel Berry's own mother. Yeah. And they don't... And, and she's like, you know, a famous actress, like type of thing. Like, that, that, you know... And yet, you're like, shouldn't you guys, who are really big Wicked fans, Notice, know yeah. who that is? Um, so that kind of just gets under my skin there is a potential in universe workaround to all of these of course you could right. always just say oh that character looks like that actor in that movie which some shows will do that they'll pull that joke um there are some but there are times where they go out of their way in universe to let you know that someone else is in that movie yeah like that can happen uh, 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 my favorite my favorite example. My favorite year. No, my favorite <laughs> example of this. Don't chuckle just because I said the title of a movie. <laughs> I can chuckle. You can't chuckle. It's In a my pity mind, chuckle. you said the title of a play, not it's movie. A, it so. is a pity chuckle. It is. It is a a, a a a comfort giggle. It is a synonym. Synonym. Molly. It, that there it is again. A a a a goddamn charity chortle is what you're giving me, and I'm out here trying to put my <laughs> neck on the line. That's not a phrase. <laughs> what? A, ch- a charity chortle. What? Charity chuckle. The Cuban shuffle. Cupid shuffle. Every time I say Cuban, like it's a sandwich. Or a person from Cuba. So daddy. A kind of cigar. Yeah, no, a good a good example of them working around it in-universe is the movie Last Action Hero, where uh, it's a movie where a little boy gets sucked into a late 80s, early 90s action movie starring Sylvester, uh, listen to me, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. As a, a fictional detective. And in the movie, he's talking to the character portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he's trying to explain to him that he is a character played by this actor. And he's trying to explain to him who uh, Arnie is. I'm on very good terms with, with Schwarzenegger, so right. I just call him Arnie. Arnie, yeah. He's trying to explain to him who Arnold is. 
And so he drags him to the local video store and he points out an advertisement for Terminator 2. But on the advertisement for Terminator 2, it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's Sylvester Stallone. So within the universe of that fictional movie, so we're two universes deep already, because the movie Last Action Hero has a movie inside of it. Inside of that movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger did not appear in the Terminator, Sylvester Stallone did. Right, so in theory, on Glee, you know, any other actress yeah. could have been um, Alpha Bell in... Alpha Bell? I, 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 now who's stuttering like a pig? Alpha Bell. Alphaba. Alphaba in Wicked. Soup. Um, instead of Adina Menzel, I mean, I guess, and also that same actor could have starred in Rent instead of her, as do you, they do reference Rent. It would be great if we did one of these in-universe, mm-hmm. but it was a blanket career replacement. So, like, Molly, when, yeah. you, when you and I are millionaires and of we course. have our television program, we'll have a guest star on, like, with a fruitful career. Mm-hmm. We'll get Tom Hanks, because he's not busy. Oh, we'll get Tom um, Hanks in... And he will play a character in that, therefore, in the universe of our show. We'll all be like, you look just like Tom Hanks. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? He doesn't talk like that. Uh, uh, Tom, please, I'm not insulting you. Please do the show. But, well, <laughs> you know, Tom Hanks will, uh, I mean, we're on a first name basis, but we're not close enough where I can ask him to be in a project. That's too much. He has people asking him to do stuff all the time. No. So He's Tom too busy Hanks, finding gloves around New York City. I to, found a glove. <laughs> to Rita. be anything right now. Rita, it's a glove. Okay, Tom, please. Do okay, no, do your, do your North Pole. This is the Polar Express! <laughs> Why to the North Pole! Every line as the conductor is That's is when Danny screamed. does his best Tom Hanks. I can't do a Tom Hanks, but I can scream very loudly in the middle of a conversation, and it makes Molly smile. It does. Either that or she's so uncomfortable, she does another charity chuckle. What were you um, saying about getting Tom Hanks for Oh, show? so we get a Tom Hanks for our show, and we're like, oh, you look just like that famous actor, Tom Hanks. And he goes, what do you mean? And we're I don't know why I keep trying to do the voice. I'm not any closer. <laughs> and, and, and we're like, you know, Tom Hanks. And he's like, what kind of movie is Tom Hanks in? And then we're like, you know, he's in Castaway. And then he goes, ah, uh, no. And then we just pick another, Danny DeVito. Funny actor. Everyone loves what Danny DeVito. World. Danny DeVito has all of Tom Hanks' movie roles. So we do a quick montage of all the Tom Hanks movies just with Danny DeVito. So what was that movie they were in together? Th- they were in a film together? Weren't they? Uh, they definitely could have been. I might be confusing Tom Hanks with somebody else that's in a movie with Danny DeVito. Well, what if what if it already happened in real life and Tom Hanks was already replaced by someone oh else? And that's God. why you think he's Danny DeVito. That might be it. What if Tom Hanks was Hercules? Like, it was just a whole movie of, like, he's 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 not he's not this bumbling oaf he's confident strong sexy tom hanks i'm there's just like it a just... weird photo i'm looking at oh and there's a photo of them together for the snl five timers club but it looks photoshopped i mean maybe it is you don't know has danny devito hosted snl five times why hasn't he done it recently Get Danny DeVito on this quarantine SNL at home I, nonsense. I, Get him in there. I, I don't have these answers, Danny. Molly, you, don't you do the booking for SNL? No, I don't. Aren't you the famous Lorne Michaels? I am not. Ah. What's next on the list, Danny? Next on the list is just a guy. It's not a movie. It's just a guy who does this a lot by oh. existing. Mark Hamill. Destroyer of fictional universes. He gets the the crown. He gets a little. He gets a little a little crown on his head. Little 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 king crown. Molly Mark Hamill, much like Galactus, is a devourer of worlds. Because what Mark Hamill does is he comes into your little TV show, and he's like, "I'm here. I'm Mark Hamill. Isn't this great?" And everybody's like, "We love you, Mark Hamill. You're a great actor. You're funny. You're sweet. You do your charity. You're a good man, Charlie Brown." But then all these people forget 
that they have not shut up about Mark Hamill for the last however many seasons their precious little television program has been running, Molly. So all these shows are out there doing their Star Wars references, and then Mark Hamill shows up, and everybody acts like it's not a big deal that Luke Skywalker's there. For example, poor Hemple. Criminal Minds. There, there are discussions uh, of Star Wars. There on are discussions Minds. of Star Wars. Reed specifically makes a nice little reference to the making of Star Wars, and yet he, uh, he talks about uh, Matthew Ray Gubler as a fun little scene talking about how the Death Star doesn't make sense. Something where he's being like, actually, in science, the Death Star would not be a certain size. It would have to be, but because a laser of that size and that magnitude, blah, 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 blah. he's doing one of those things where and, it's like right. the smart guy is dissecting a movie. And then later on, these criminal minds, these these people who dissect the criminals, the the behavioral analysis unit, Molly. Right. There, there is. I, I don't want to spoil criminal minds for anybody, but there is a Mark Hamill appearance. Mark Hamill appears on the show, and we won't say as who. We won't say as who. But Spoiler he alert. he's playing playing Santa Claus. A very weird episode. He comes in, he's like, oh, gifts for all you, but there's seven heads. Criminal minds! <laughs> How did you know, <laughs> No, um, I read it on the wiki. <laughs> Mark Hamill will appear on Criminal Minds, and it's like, shouldn't you... <laughs> you sound like you're doing prophecies. Do I? In the Mark year. Hamill will appear on Criminal Minds. No, so he in appears on year. Criminal Minds, and Reed's not like, hey, aren't you that guy that blew up the Death Star? Like, there is no recognizing of that. Um. Yeah, but it, he should. He should know, especially Reed, who has an eidetic memory. He should know. How did you say that word? Eidetic. I don't think that's right. What is it then? Oh, I don't know. It's it's out of my head now. But I don't think it's eidetic, isn't it? Eidetic. 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 Ah. It's an idea-based memory. It's not. It's not a. It's not no. photographic memory. No, it's a, there's. I just don't know if that's how it's pronounced. I... Molly, we can't have another. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. I am I'm really a... stammering today. All right, Mark Hamill, Destroyer of Worlds, Galactus of Television, etc., etc. Mark Hamill should play Galactus. That'd it be fun. It looks like it's eidetic memory. I... I just feel like you're saying Eidetic. Look at the pronunciation. Eidetic. I've heard Reed say it enough. Me, it's an eidetic memory. Sometimes I add a little bit of an A in there that doesn't go there. I say eidetic instead of eidetic. Eidetic? Yes, but it's eidetic. You sound like Jar Jar Binks trying to say he did it. I dead. Like you just sound like <laughs> An you're confessing. eidetic memory. For those of you who don't know, it's con- like not a photographic memory, but it's it's basically right, like I gotta that. get back to talking about Mark Hamill. Go ahead about Mark Hamill. He fucks up continuity by existing. So Milo Murphy's Law is a great Disney cartoon on Disney Plus. Go watch it. Go boost watch that it in the algorithm. And tweet Disney Plus to make tweet a new Disney season. Plus. Don't bother Dan Povenmire and Swampy Marsh. They want it. We want it. They all want it, but you just you can't bother them. You gotta bother the Disney Plus people. So Tell anyway. them you want. Mark Hamill. Seven new seasons well, of Milo seven. Murphy. That's going to be a lot of work. Seven new seasons of yeah, Milo Murphy. Couldn't settle for well. six in a movie. And while you're you? at it, tell them to put the Weekenders out. Oh yeah, the Weekenders. Uh, bother Disney Plus about two things this week, but uh, <laughs> next week three. That's how you build. <laughs> That's you know? how you build. And anyway, Milo Hamill. Murphy's Law is a show that takes place in the same continuity as Phineas and Ferb. They they live in the same town. They've met characters from Phineas and Ferb. It's the same continuity, right? And in Milo Murphy's Law, Mark Hamill, plays uh, a, a time-traveling agency boss. He actually plays multiple He plays people. that guy, and then he plays that guy's descendant. He plays two characters named Mr. Block, but one of them is the distant descendant, and they're very different characters. Mark Hamill voices them both. But Star Wars also exists in the Phineas and Ferb universe because there is an entire 45-minute-long 
Phineas and Ferb Star Wars special right. in which Luke Skywalker appears. So Luke Skywalker is a thing, but also Mark Hamill's an actor. So it, it's one of those. It's one of those. It's ones. one of those where you're just, nah. When you get into voices, it, it voice acting, it, it gets into the weeds a little bit because there's just so many, you know. And then it's, it's even less concrete because that actor doesn't physically appear. You could just right. argue that that character sounds a little bit like them, you know, but. But it's like, so in this world, Mark Hamill's an actor, so wouldn't they know that they're in the TV show? I don't know. Who? Which they kind of do, because as we saw in the episode we were watching yesterday, Milo straight up looks at the camera and Molly, was like, you're welcome, animators. Don't, Molly, don't tell them that we were watching it yesterday. Let them think that we watch it sporadically and not every day. Molly! Just because we were watching it yesterday doesn't mean we were watching it every day, Molly, but now they know. Me, no, can you come over here for a minute? Can you just sidebar away from the mics? Molly, what are you doing? Are you trying to give them our location? If they, know, if they know what we are watching on the Disney Plus, can they, they not? We already have our location. Molly, we have to hide. <laughs> Danny. Uh, the rest of the podcast will be recorded in a cupboard. <laughs> this is a note to Danny when you're editing. Make sure to add a funny cupboard sound effect. So it sounds like you're opening a cupboard, closing it, and then every <laughs> rest of the episode, episode should have weird echoey audio, like we're trapped in a box. Anyway, Mark Hamill, he's also on The Muppets as Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker in the same episode within the universe of The Muppets. Those two people, Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker, are identical twin cousins. It's a thing. The Muppets just like to make... The Muppets want to make this happen. The Muppets are intentionally destroying as many universes as possible. The Muppets have two Whoopi Goldbergs, minimum. They have a Whoopi Goldberg who is God in the special A Very Merry Muppet Christmas, right? That Whoopi Goldberg is God. And then the other Whoopi Goldberg is just the actor Whoopi Goldberg. But that Whoopi Goldberg hangs out with Selena Gomez as if they're friends, even though there's like a good 40 to 50 year age gap there. Because in the movie The Muppets, she just rolls in with Selena Gomez like, hey, we're here for The Muppets. I love The Muppets and I'm here to help you save this theater. I'm here with Selena Gomez. And it's like we're supposed to act like Selena <laughs> Gomez and Whoopi Goldberg just hanging out like, hey, hey I heard The Muppets. You don't know their lives. I heard the Muppets are in town. Selena Gomez, I know we're busy skiing together. or so. Like, what are they doing? What do the two of them have in common? <laughs> They're both famous. You're right. You're right. The, the, I'm sure Selena the... Gomez could have been on The View. You fi No, that was perfect. That was great. You got me right there. Done in one. You fixed it. <laughs> like... Molly, you fixed it. Jason Segel is, is staring at his oh, script Jason. for The Muppets 2011 and saying, you know what? While watching you an episode it. of The View, and oh, yeah. he's like, huh, let me put Selena Gomez and Whoopi Goldberg together in this because I'm really loving their chemistry I'm watching on screen Molly, right now. your Jason Siegel impression is 100 times better than my Whoopi Goldberg impression was, <laughs> and I really respect that. Uh, Mark Hamill. The only place that it really gets weird with Mark Hamill is there's a, a is the Scooby-Doo franchise. Okay. Now, Mark Hamill. I'm sorry. sorry you what? can't just brush over the Muppets and say that that wasn't weird. It did really get no, weird. No, because the Muppets don't care about any continuity. The Muppets themselves are somehow actors but real characters. But that it's, in itself is weird. But go on. Molly, the, everything about the Muppets is weird. That's the point. I know that's the point. The point. The point is too tight. Uh... <laughs> Listen, so Scooby-Doo. Mark Hamill's made appearances in the Scooby-Doo franchise just as a voice actor. He's in Zombie Island, one of the most celebrated Scooby-Doo movies, as Snakebite Scruggs, the weird man in the bayou who is furious that he has not been able to catch the giant catfish because Shaggy and Scooby got in the way. He's also in Scooby-Doo, uh, the, the alien invaders 
where um, he plays one of the three radar technicians. But here's where it gets weak. Here's where it gets crazy, folks. There's a new show on Boomerang called uh, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, where every episode they meet a celebrity guest as an homage to the new Scooby-Doo movies from the 70s where they would meet, like, Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher will come back later. Um, <clears throat> but, but you know, it, it, they're, they're in this new show, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, in the first season, Scooby-Doo meets Batman for the 80th time, and the Joker appears. And the Joker is voiced by Mark Hamill. Fine, Joker's voiced Mark Hamill a zillion times. But then in season two, Sorry, Danny, the Joker has voiced Mark Hamill a zillion times. Molly, I might be a little sleep-deprived. I have been awake since 8 p.m. yesterday? You never went to bed? Molly, don't yell at them on the podcast. I'm not yelling at them. I'm yelling at you now in front is not of them. The t- now is not the time to pull out our family drama where uh, my sleep cycle got reversed again. You took a shower and you said, I'm going to go to bed. I got to get ready for bed. And then I came downstairs I was and you playing, hadn't gone to bed I yet. I was playing Spider-Man was Web of Shadows under, on the Xbox 360. I was under the impression that you were going to bed very shortly after me. You were under a false impression. No, I went to bed. I laid down. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep Molly. Well, we weren't getting religious, Danny. Molly, it's my cult. I'm the Lord. Anyway, so I was keeping my soul because I'm the Lord and I was in the bed and I literally just laid and I don't think I fell asleep. Like I mean, I've I, had that happen before where you're he, like, I'm not even sure if I went to sleep where I was just laying here. Like I've been laying here and I've been trying to rest and mm. like my eyes have definitely closed at several points. But like either I fell asleep for a little bit and forgot it and it happened multiple times or I just never slept. Mm. And I f- I'm feeling physically like I haven't slept. You're looking physically like you haven't slept. Your eyes are like... A bag check for Danny's eyes. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> Welcome to The View. It's me, Whoopi Goldberg. My two famous voices I do. This guy and Whoopi Goldberg. Anyway. Um, so... The Joker voice. Kermit, it's so nice to meet you. I'm God. Whoopi Goldberg. You've heard. Please get him to stop doing the voice. So anyway, yeah, please, leave a review. Get Danny to stop doing the voice. Your review can just say Danny needs to stop doing the voice, but if you do five stars... I'll stop. But if you're being like, oh, one star, I hate the voice. Guess what? Twice as much voice. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're just not going to listen to the next one. You're probably not even going to finish this one. Speaking of finishing, Mark Hamill, Mark Scooby-Doo. Hamill. Season one, he plays the Joker. Season two, he appears as Mark Hamill, an actor who appears in Star Wars because he does a Jedi mind trick on Scooby-Doo. But then later in season two, he also plays the Flash villain, the Trickster, a character Mark Hamill has played uh, many times in other media. So Mark Hamill in the Scooby-Doo universe is an actor, but is also the Joker and the trickster. But that's not the only time this has happened. Molly, this is something I didn't explain to you before the podcast. Your eyes are going wide with fear because you're afraid of how long this tangent will go. It'll be short. Mark Hamill played three different characters on the show Justice League Action, which was a Warner Brothers animation Cartoon Network show uh, started in 2017. On that show, he uh, reprised his roles as the Joker and the Trickster, but he also played Swamp Thing, the DC comic superhero, and he played Mark Hamill in a short where the Trickster and the Joker kidnap Mark Hamill, and he confuses them by doing both of their voices with ventriloquism, and then at the end, Swamp Thing saves him. So within that universe, there is also a Mark Hamill who sounds exactly like the Joker and the Trickster, whereas at least in the Scooby-Doo universe... It's only Mark Hamill, and he doesn't sound like the trickster and the Joker. But in the Justice League action universe, nobody notices that he also sounds like Swamp Thing, even though Swamp Thing is the one whose voice is just Mark Hamill with a filter over it. Joker and trickster are like weird British accents. Anyway. Wow. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. The Galactus of fiction, the devourer of worlds, etc., etc., related to Mark Hamill. And in a film with Mark Hamill, several films with Mark Hamill, 
the one and you only. You might have heard of them. <laughs> you may have heard of a little independent film called uh, Star Wars. No, I'm clever because it's a famous film, but I said it was small. You're so gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you agreed to do a podcast with me, so now who's canceled, Molly? Uh, still me. Anyway, um, I... Um, I export blood diamonds. That's why I'm canceled. Anyway, so Carrie Fisher, in addition to starring with Mark Hamill in The Star Wars, she also appears in a film called Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. She plays a nun who picks up Jay and Silent Bob in a car. Now, this is weird enough because those Jay and Silent Bob movies, the whole clerks view askew, all the Kevin Smith movies, very reliant on references to Star Wars and other bits of popular culture. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was weird because Carrie Fisher was being a nun. Well, I think that's the joke, is that she had a very acerbic personality. Um, Her payment for the film was uh, she wanted an antique chair that had been made out of beavers because she said, quote, beaver would be a fitting payment for this film. (laughs) At any rate, Molly, um, (laughs) I love Carrie Fisher. Anyway. May she rest in peace. Molly, you did a little cross sign, but we agreed not to get religious. They couldn't see it. No, but I told them. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast comes complete with uh, audio descriptions for the seeing impaired, which I guess every podcast is after a certain point. Molly, let's leave a nice long pause in here. People are going to think I went to pee, but really, I just lost my train of thought. Anyway, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher appears in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back as a nun. She's not Carrie Fisher, which is a little weird because Star Wars and everything. But what makes it doubly weird is that later in the movie, when Jay and Silent Bob finally make it to Hollywood, they encounter Mark Hamill, the actor, playing a character in the movie within a movie. So Mark Hamill's an actor, but Carrie Fisher is playing a nun. And Chris Rock is there and claims that George Lucas is going to sue them because they're doing so much Star Wars stuff with Mark Hamill. So this universe twists and turns. But keep in mind, this is all the Kevin Smith movies where people play two or three different characters but look exactly the same. Within that same movie, I believe Jason Lee plays two different Jason Lee characters from other Kevin Smith movies. That's another episode of our podcast is people playing the same role. The Just, same role? Or I mean, different play, roles different on the same show mm, or movie. I caught you in another you little did. web. Molly, we'll have a field day with Law and Order. Every oh. every New York actor's got to do New a York couple of Law and Orders. Every New York actor's got to be able to do a chopstick plot in an elevator pit, Molly. <laughs> Let me do my crossword rap. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, I really got it. Right Carrie in. Fisher. Stop the voice. Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher also appears on 30 Rock, which is another property built around Star Wars references. And at the end of it, she screams, help me, Liz Lemon. You're my only hope, which is, of course, a reference to her role in Hook. Blink, blink. No, <laughs> it is, of course, a reference to her role in When Harry Met Sally. And so uh, <laughs> Carrie Fisher, that's an, a, an intentional universe break, but it is still a celebrity kind of dismantling a fiction universe. 30 Rock has a lot of they examples. They did a nod to it, though. 30 Rock is a show with almost no fourth wall. Kenneth is maybe immortal and also a Muppet in HD. It's a, it's a great show with some weird, surreal humor. Parts of it have not aged well, but no comedy from the early 2000s has. At any rate, Molly, you want to talk about the Gilmore Girls for a minute so I can yeah. take a sip of my drink? Sure, take a sip of your drink, Danny. Let me do um, it real loud in the mic. <laughs> <laughs> You're so gross. So, Gilmore Girls. Um, Kelly Bishop, a.k.a. Emily Gilmore, a qu- a absolute queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's great. I love her. Um, she. You might also know her as Baby's Mom in Dirty Dancing. And... <laughs> 
I just love that you were crediting her as baby's mom. Has got it going on. Well, She's all I want and I will pursue. So Kelly Bishop plays baby's mom in Dirty Dancing. But Lorelai and Rory make multiple Dirty, dirty Dancing references throughout the series. Um, and yet they don't seem to recognize their lovely mother slash grandmother uh, from the film. I would have, because Gilmore Girls is very into references, but not really fourth wall breaking, I would have appreciated some kind of like nod to this. Um, But that didn't happen. Supposedly there's like some kind of nod to it in the Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life, something to do with shoes, but I don't know Dirty Dancing well enough to get that if it was that subtle. And yet here you are attempting to call out the very creators of the Gilmore Girls for okay, not referencing it. That was not in the original series. Oh, so you think just because we have to wait for the for the reboot that it doesn't count? Yes. Molly, and who knows? Maybe it could have happened sooner if the show didn't go the way that it did because of the issues off screen. Uh, anyway. Uh, wow, that was probably great was for them to listen to. <gasps> I just uh, need a sigh. It's time for the annual minute of droning noise. <laughs> Molly, uh. prepare. <clears throat> uh, you're not doing your tube and throat I'm singing not, with I'm you. not. Can you do tube and throat singing where you make two noises at the same I time? I can't, but I did have a college professor who uh, made us listen to uh, way too long of that. This is going to be so gross for anyone to hear. Daddy, this is a rollout. Molly, give this me a minute. Rollout. Don't do Autobots it. Autobots rollout? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Molly, here we go. Zach and Cody. Molly, Zach and Cody. They are two little boys. They're fictional. They live in this hotel. It's called Tipton. It's in Boston, I believe. And no, so Zach and Cody, they do that whole episode with the High School Musical people. Right. Where they know High School Musical is real. They say that Maddie, played by Ashley Tisdale, looks like Sharpay Evans from High School Musical. It's it's really complicated, Zach and Cody, as with a lot of Disney Channel shows, yes. because there's a lot of, um, you know, guest spots that people have. So in the Zach and Cody universe, the movie High School Musical exists. Despite the fact that we have Ashley Tisdale, who's a regular character on the show, and we have guest appearances by folks such as Zac Efron in various episodes. But let's ignore the guest appearances. But they have a very specific episode where they are putting on High School Musical, and they make a joke about the fact that, as you just said, Ashley Tisdale looks like Sharpay. She says, people say I look just like the girl who plays her, and either Zach or Cody is like, I don't see it. Um... And that's, like, a nice way, I think, to reference something while, like, to have one of these issues, but to to give a nod to it. And then they move on, and they just do an episode where they put on High School Musical, where we get the beautiful performance of Floss. Molly, I don't know if you know this, but I can't eat a lentil without dental dental floss. (laughs) Molly, Zach and Cody was a, a great, here's the thing. There was a period in the early 2000s where I hate to sound like when I was a boy, things were better, but... Oh, but things were better. Okay, but there was a time where there was, like, high-quality sitcom writing for children's entertainment. Absolutely. From, I, I mean, iCarly is its own thing, but, like, Drake and Josh... Drake and Josh, just a straight-up comedy th- goal. There are some just classic sitcom episodes. I mean, first of all, they rip off the I Love Lucy chocolate conveyor belt thing with the sushi. That's obviously an intentional reference to an actual classic sitcom, but, like... One that children would never know. No, that is, of course, for uh, an adult watching. But like, so what? Josh episode. Ma- what? Oh, you just want to do an episode of the podcast? Do an about episode about I thought Drake you wanted Josh. us to perform an episode oh. of Drake and Josh, like well, we live. We could do that too. I don't think anyone would watch that if we just read the script to a Drake and Josh. What if we do Drake? Molly, I've got it. Okay. Next episode of the podcast, 
Drake and Josh fan fiction where we will write a Drake and Josh oh, and perform it live on the podcast. Okay, we can do that. Uh, Molly, I don't like that you're agreeing to it. It was a bit. But unless you're doing Let funny us know wa- if you'd actually want are that. You do- uh, Molly, are you doing funny, wacky improv? Were you yes and? Because you said yes. I'm waiting for the and. <laughs> Please write in and stop the voice. At any rate, <laughs> hashtag stop the voice. People are going to think we're trying to cancel, cancel the voice. Adam Levine again. He's not on the show anymore. What? It worked! The hashtag worked! Um, At any rate, Molly. Zach uh, and Cody. But all Disney Channel crossovers. Later on, there were the Disney Channel crossovers. The Sweet Life of Hannah Montana, whatever. Which that actually will have its own episode. That is unironically. That is a real thing we want. That takes more than an elevator pitch or a chopstick plot to get through, folks. That is... That is is a prime example of what we're talking about with these celebrity paradoxes. And it's almost a shame that we can't talk about it right now because it'll have its own episode because it's almost like it would be the perfect example of this. And it'd be incredibly current and maybe a little quick, There's just so many crossovers that... If you think you would enjoy an entire episode of a podcast where we just ramble about the Disney Channel crossovers, then you have to subscribe to this podcast because... It's coming shortly. We are barreling through. We are just We're we are just doing it. Molly, I'm honestly counting the days until we record that one because I have so much to say about them. So they are so good. It. Look and forward so... to it. We're not going to say anything about it now. You're on the edge of your seat, but we're not going to give it to you. Your Danny's going to get mad at how loud that sounds. Your couch cushions <laughs> are so unevenly worn because you are on the edge of your seat waiting for the Disney Channel crossover episode. Uh, Molly, I know that you're disturbed at the voice and the face, but underneath the table, I'm doing like a juggling motion and that makes it infinitely worse. (laughs) Like, I know that you can't see that part, but like, I was doing like a little- I think you're forgetting how tall I am. I could see that. Oh, you could see me doing it as if I had a fushigi that no one saw. Yeah. Just sort of in my hand. Yeah. Like I was moving around those little, those little motion balls. Anyway. Anyway. um, Enough of that. Uh, Molly. Yes, Danny. Speaking of- High quality sitcom writing for children. The whole iCarly, Drake and Josh universe. Yes. Slash Victorious. Also confusing. Not as in-depth as the Disney Channel crossovers. No, but they do have the crossover between um, Victorious and uh, iCarly. Like, yes. that does happen. That's Which, a crossover. of course, contradicts the earlier episode where Victoria Justice plays that uh, the, the, the MMA boxer, fighter who yeah. wants to beat up Carly. And I'm sure that there are other ones that I'm not completely thinking about. Well, that, but then they then they create on, the show Sam and Cat. Yeah, which is almost designed just to reference the other shows in that universe. Yeah, and then of course you have the whole weirdness of Drake and Josh were a comedic duo on the Amanda show right. and the actress who plays their mom was one of the sort of utility players on that mm-hmm. and so it's like clear that Drake and Josh was done because those two were popular on um, on the Amanda show right? but unlike say Keenan and Kel which was a spinoff of all that Keenan and Kel spun off into a different sketch show where Keenan and Kel were playing heightened versions of themselves. They were characters, but like they would come out and talk to the audience still. There was still a sense of like, we're still putting on a show for you. Whereas Drake and Josh went for an all in universe sitcom with no real fourth wall breaking. Right. Unless you count the time that they forgot to put a door in the treehouse and they drew a door on, in <laughs> which case- to break through the wall. Yeah, that's kind that They broke- a fourth, fourth wall. wall. Well, but there is some fourth wall breaking. But that treehouse didn't have a fourth wall because we could see into it because it's a sitcom set. Molly, they broke the third wall. It's never been done. <laughs> they could have just gone out through the side. What if the, the end of that episode was them just walking towards the camera and they were yeah. like, we're free for there is no fourth wall and there That's is like no God. That's like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air kind of thing. Molly. But. If we're so rich, why don't we why have a roof? Molly, why um, can't we afford a ceiling? 
But no, so there is some um, fourth wall breaking on Drake and Josh, which is kind of exactly what we're talking about, is the weird crossoverness with iCarly. Yeah. Um, there's so much. If you just go to, um, th- you could look this up um, on Wikipedia. There is a whole list of references that are put in both yeah. Drake and Josh and iCarly. For example, in the movie Drake and Josh, Really Big Shrimp, they um, have on the uh, marquee at the cinema, they say, um, she's Carly now is like the name of a movie that's playing. Like there's weird yeah. things like that. Um, obviously, Jerry Trainer and um, Miranda Cosgrove were both in Drake and Josh, but have now started this new life together in iCarly where maybe Carly and... I mean, oh my god, maybe Crazy Steve and Megan like decided to create some new life together and be brother sure, and, and sister. and lie about their father being a submarine captain. Right. Which is a weird wrinkle of the iCarly plot that I guess their mom is dead, but their dad's just on a submarine somewhere. He's like way older than I expected him to be when he did show up that time. I or mean, was that his grand, their grandfather? I think their grandpa came. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Did maybe grandpa, that's why he's so Did their grandpa so like old. hurt Spencer? Am I can I have very fuzzy memories of that. He was like mean to him, I think. Maybe. Oh, is it because he was an artist? I think so. By the way, Spencer was like a young artist who somehow managed to support himself and his sister. Like, I can't even imagine. I'm an artist and I'm already poor. I'm I a child. I feel like they had money already, coming from somewhere else. Do you think the submarine captain? And to be fair, I think eventually Carly probably supported him. Oh, that's I fair. Carly. I Carly. Do you think they made any ad revenue? Because it was their own website. They didn't have a YouTube page. So as soon as the sort of other video hosting sites went dead, they probably... Molly, listen. I have a question for okay, you. Molly, well, not even a question, but just if you believed they put a man on the moon, man on the moon, if you believe there's nothing up his sleeve, Molly, then nothing is cool. Let's talk about the film Man on the Moon. Go ahead, Danny. You tell it's him. A, it's, a, it's a biopic about Andy Kaufman that is not particularly restrained by facts or logic or what happened in life it's 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 an odd take on a biopic that's the whole point is that it's supposed to be because andy kaufman was such an out there uh, uh comedic artist man you never knew when he was joking or being serious man and so his biography man is like full of lies man it's a whole thing anyway so danny devito knew andy kaufman they were co-stars on the tv show taxi and danny devito was a producer on the movie man on the moon and in the film he plays Andy Kaufman's agent, who was a real man, the actor Danny DeVito, who was friends with the real Andy Kaufman, appears in the Andy Kaufman biopic as his agent. Now, that's not crazy. You know, they're doing a movie about the life of your co-star. You want to be in the movie, you play his agent, right? And you're a producer or whatever, Danny DeVito. Now, Jim Carrey plays Andy Kaufman in the movie, but... When they film some scenes involving people who are still alive, real people, they usually have those people play themselves. And this is where the movie gets really weird to watch because the movie is taking place in the 80s, right? And and David Letterman is there. But David Letterman does not look like young 80s David Letterman with crazy curly hair and a big gap between his teeth and no glasses. He looks like 2004 david letterman who has like you know his his squinty little eyes behind these these perfect round glasses and his hair is short and his gap tooth is less noticeable he looks like modern david letterman it's very odd lorne michaels is is producing snl in the movie and he is actual lorne michaels but lorne michaels was not in charge of snl at the time 
when Andy Kaufman was fired from the show. And, and and Jerry Lawler appears in the film as Jerry Lawler, but he's way older than Jerry Lawler would have been in the 80s. And this is the really weird part. <laughs> the part where the celebrity destroys the universe, Molly. What happens is they show some scenes involving the TV show Taxi, where mm-hmm. I will remind you, Danny DeVito was co-stars with real Andy Kaufman. So in the movie, Danny DeVito is there on the set of Taxi as Andy Kaufman's agent who was a different person who was not Danny DeVito. <laughs> and then fake Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey, shows up and is like, I'm going to be disruptive because I'm Andy Kaufman. And then the rest of the cast of Taxi is there. Like Christopher Lloyd and Carol Kane are there as Christopher Lloyd and Carol Kane. But in the universe of the movie, Danny DeVito's character is not in Taxi. It's not like there's a guy there playing Danny DeVito. <laughs> there's no scene where Danny DeVito walks up and is like, you're terrible in this part. You're nothing like that great Danny DeVito. There's none of that <laughs> shit. Nice. <laughs> that would be amazing if there was a fake Danny DeVito there who was one of those people in those realistic Danny like, DeVito masks. Why would you even do... Oh, God. The realistic Danny DeVito So masks. Danny DeVito's character just doesn't exist on Taxi in the universe of the movie. They, they refilmed scenes from Taxi. Think that is. I think Danny DeVito did it because he wanted to be in the movie about Andy Kaufman, and he wanted to produce this film and and be a part of it as an actor. And the people who play themselves, the Christopher Lloyd's and Carol Kane's and Mary Lou Henner's of the world, they're like barely in the movie because they're not a big part of the story. They don't really have much dialogue. Danny DeVito was like making this movie and wanted to make it good and be a part of it and act in it. And so I assume he was just like, if I play myself, I'm going to be in this for two seconds. I can't lend myself as a supporting actor to the film. Whereas by playing Andy Kaufman's agent, he could actually be a full character in the movie. I don't know. It's it's very odd to watch if you've ever seen Taxi or if you just like are familiar with the cast of Taxi. It just seems I don't know why they would do it. I I don't know, but then all, later in the film, there's a more understandable version of this where uh, Andy Kaufman is on the show Fridays, which was like a competing version. It was a restaurant where they would serve you food. There was a TGI before. That's stupid, Molly. Hang on, I gotta take a second. I ruined the bit. Why do we do this? Do you think anyone's listening? I don't know. Nobody's Molly. listening yet. It's not like it's live. What's the point of a podcast, man? When do people have time to listen to this? The world is ending, Molly. Do you think? Molly, do you believe in God? Danny, you Because if not, said... because if not, I've got a great cult for you. <laughs> oh, I brought it around. Uh... I don't really have feelings. No, uh, I literally just lost my train of thought and decided to derail the podcast for two minutes. Sorry, I'm wasting we were your time. We are talking about Fridays. Who? Oh, the restaurant. Molly, it's great. Potato skins, all oh, you can eat. That's a lie. Listen, after the third or fourth round of appetizers, they realize you're not going to stop and they stop bringing them as fast as you want them to bring them (laughs) because they know if they just wait you out, the restaurant will close and you're not going to stay past closing just to get some more potato skins. But Molly. But you will. They said endless apps, okay? And I made my choice and it was potato skins. (laughs) Why am I talking? Molly. If you believe they put a man on the moon, man on the moon. Danny. If you believe there's nothing up his sleeve. Do you just not know what you're going to say about Fridays? No, I do. Uh, the show Fridays was a sketch show. In real life, there were there were cast members who were uh, upset at Andy Kaufman pulling one of his wacky stunts live on air. 
uh, one of those cast members is Michael Richards, who uh, you may have remembered us talking about Seinfeld before. Michael Richards uh, played Kramer, and he was in that scene where Wayne Knight was destroying a universe, and he stood by and he did nothing while it happened. Anyway, so Michael Richards on the show was was furious at Andy Kaufman, and he grabbed some cue cards and slammed them down on the table in front of Andy Kaufman as if to say, read your lines, stop being a hippie on TV. In the movie, it is not Michael Richards, unlike the David Letterman's of the world. Michael Richards did not want to, I guess, be involved with the film uh, because he was angry at the stunt. And so they have um, they have Norm MacDonald do it. Norm MacDonald was on SNL. He's a sketch actor, kind of. Like, it makes sense. It's just a weird pull to be like, Norm MacDonald doesn't exist in the universe of Man on the Moon. Right. Just like Danny DeVito doesn't exist right. in the universe of Man on the Moon. But Michael Richards either does and looks like Norm MacDonald or Michael Richards also doesn't exist and Norm MacDonald is a made-up sketch actor. Very weird That's finagling. bound to happen when you're making movies like About that. real people yeah. who are still alive. Yeah. It's, I guess, it's just weird. Like, David Letterman, um, there's another movie. It's called American Splendor. It's about this cartoonist, Harvey Pekar. Um, and he's in the movie as himself at several points. He narrates the film and they cut to him in like this blank white void. But then uh, Paul Giamatti is playing him for most of the movie. And so they interact and they talk and stuff. David Letterman, there's footage of David Letterman in the movie. But then there's a scene where they would not let them use footage of a particularly explosive David Letterman interview where things went very wrong on the show. They did not want them using the footage of this. So in that movie... All of a sudden, David Letterman is the back of someone's head and a very bad impression of David Letterman. Out of nowhere, that just happens when you've been seeing footage of David Letterman quite frequently throughout the movie. It's it's an odd twist. That's one time where a celebrity destroys the universe by not showing up and playing themselves. Um, you know, it's a good movie, though. At any rate, Molly, we really got to let's we, burn we through this list. Through. Let's, let's go. burn through this list. So there are times when a character will meet the actor who plays them. That one's weird to me. That, I like but that, But I like though. it, but it's it's weird. I like that more than them doing a reference that doesn't quite land. You know? Well, yeah. I just don't see the point of it, I guess. Like, when it's themselves, you know? Like... Well, like when Fran Drescher meets the nanny. Mm -hmm. I think that's funny. That was the last season of the nanny. They were like, you know they what? Like, Fuck let's it. Let's go for it. They were like, let's do some weird jokes. And you know what? The nanny is amazing. It oh, is an... please watch the nanny. <sighs> she was working at a bridal shop, Molly. And you know where it was? It was in Flushing Queens. It was in Flushing Queens. Oh my God. You know what happened though? What? Her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those, just those crushing scenes. Uh, what was she to do? Where was she to go? Well, she was out on her fanny. So over the bridge, Molly, from Flushing to the Sheffield's door, she was there to sell makeup, but the father saw more. She had style. She had flair. She was there. And that is how she became the nanny. And that's the elevator pitch. That's, that's great. the chopstick plot. That's the chopstick plot. <laughs> that's the elevator pitch. Oh yeah, no. I those of you who haven't seen the other episodes, do it in a tight fifteen. You have to chopstick listen to them. plot. You gotta. I'm sorry. Those of you who haven't listened to Thank the other you. episodes. Um, chopstick plot is a reference for our recurring fans. Hey, maybe you don't explain the reference. Maybe make them curious. Maybe make them hungry to listen. Maybe make them hungry for apples. They're, they're gonna Google chopstick plot and not see anything come up. What if chopstick plot like is on Urban Dictionary? It means something horrible. Oh my god, I'm gonna look it up. Oh right no. Now. Okay. Well, while she does Go that, ahead. I'm also gonna let you know that Mork on Mork and Mindy met Robin Williams, the actor who plays Mork. Uh, there's the last episode of Duck Dodgers, which was a Looney Tunes show. Uh, there's a there's a joke at the end where. Daffy Duck and Porky Pig are in a recording booth and they're talking to Joe Alasky and Bob Bergen who play Daffy Duck and Porky Pig and they ask them whose voices they do and they talk to the characters that they play. So if you look up chopstick plot, 
um, the film synopsis for a movie called Chopsticks comes up. And I'm just going to read this. Oh, okay. A gifted but insecure woman has a transformational experience when she asks a con man to help her recover her stolen car. Hmm. Interesting. Not what I would have guessed from a film called Chopsticks. Yeah, no. Um, And that's not what a chopstick plot is. Oh, no, no. That's not the chopstick plot. That's an elevator pitch. That's what you give. You got 15. You got to do a tight 15, Molly. Listen, I got a crossword wrap. I got to get down there. Please so you better give me the tightest little chopstick plot you've ever heard. Please write in. You can, you can tweet Please us. Please tweet us. Tweet us. Tweet us hashtag stop the voice. Hashtag stop the voice. Leave us a review. Give us five stars or whatever you feel. You know what? Maybe we don't deserve five, Molly. Tell us what we got to do to get five from you, and we'll do it. We'll, we'll, well whore well, ourselves hold out. The, hold the phone. You know, I, I'm hashtag not just going to. support gonna... sex workers. What? I'm not just going to take suggestions like without some some evaluation from strangers on the internet. I shouldn't have put out the comment box upstairs in our home. Well, yeah, I don't want comments from people in our home. No, it's going to be nonsense. Anyway, um so let's move on to, let's move on to uh, We've got another little subcategory. Much the way Mark Hamill was a Galactus Devourer right. of Worlds. We we got a little, little Marvel subcategory. We have the universe from which Galactus Devourer of Worlds originates, specifically right. the The MCU. You know, Molly, the Joker, the Joker wanted, me to... wanted me to lock him up in the MCU. That's right. Uh, Molly, let's not explain that. Bit. Nope. So the Go Joker ahead. wanted me to lock him up in the MCU, Molly. Now, the the first time I was ever watching a Marvel movie, and I thought, ooh, that's kind of weird for the universe of these. The first time I ever thought that was in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. There's a part where uh, Tony Stark, a wacky character that he is, is passing Thor, and he, he calls him Big Lebowski, right? As a reference to the film of the same name. And this I know has bothered Danny because from the yeah. minute we saw the movie, this is what Danny and I talked yeah, about. I was, I was just like, well, it's just weird because Jeff Bridges is the star of the Big Lebowski. Molly, he is the dude. Mm-hmm. And yet, in the first Iron Man film, Obadiah Stane, the film's main antagonist, is played by Jeff Bridges. Therefore, the dude is a person in the Marvel Universe and this reference is just wonky and I noticed it. As the movie was going, because for some reason I was just like Obadiah Stane was fresh in my mind. I think I had watched the first Iron Man, maybe, or you know what it probably was, Molly. I was probably just doing the thing I always do, which is wandering our around our house in a bathrobe, and whenever I would wander into a member of our family, I would scream, "Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps." He does yell that a lot. I scream it a lot, and I think I might have just blown out one of these. Mics. I enjoyed watching the audio peak on the-, <laughs> <laughs> on the on the monitor. Yeah, yeah, um, that one. See, it's hard because these kind of references are things that make TV shows and movie universes seem real to us. Like it sure. could be in our universe because it's like, oh, I've seen The Big Lebowski. Yeah. But then you run into the problem of limiting your actor choice based on the references yeah. that you make. And well, it's also the thing of like I had it, a little bit of a lisp there based on the. We have references. to save the princess. We have to save the princess. By the way, just a quick note: Mark Hamill, one of the greatest actors on the planet. There is a moment in the original Star Wars where Molly swears up and down that he lisps. He does. When they're in the the room on the Death Star. He says, we have to save the princess. And she swears this. We've listened to it several times. I'm not making fun of people with lisps. I just cannot not notice it when Mark Hamill does it. Can I say something? I always thought a lisp would be caused if you had a gap between your teeth. I guess because of cartoons. That's a whistling. Well, because like in cartoons, like when a little kid is missing their like front tooth or whatever, they'll yeah. talk like this. Like I'm in the third grade, Mister. Well, because there's something for your tongue to hit. I would guess. Right, right? but I, like you know, people with gaps in their teeth, like you know, like Keith David has a gap in his teeth. He doesn't talk like. Excuse me, Mister. I'm Spawn. I'm the th- I'm the Spawn know. of I, Satan. Like I don't he doesn't know what do that. Causes a lisp. 
I don't know. I feel either. like it has to do something with your tongue to your teeth. I wonder. I don't know. I don't know anyone with a list. Oh no, we did know someone with a list, but I think they've lost it. Dude. Well, I'll tell you off mic. We can't do this in public, no. can we? I, I don't know. We know someone with I, a list. Should I write it down and we can record your reaction here? This is some in media res discovery. Oh, we he still has a list. He still does. Yeah, I he lost it. I I mean, like, I, did he drop it somewhere? Maybe he went to speech therapy. I don't know. Mm. I get a lisp sometimes, but that's just because of my. Tongue. You also I get got, a southern accent. Every I have other trouble word. speaking, Molly. In general, I don't think either of us should be hosting a podcast, no. let alone <laughs> trying to speak English. That's true. At um, any so rate, anyway, back to Marvel. The Joker wanted me to lock him up the NCU. So the Big Lebowski was the first one I ever noticed, but um, there there are some other ones. Um, this one's a little bit of a stretch, but it was the the only other thing I could really think of off the off the dome before Molly reminded me of some. Mm-hmm. Um, off the dome, I was just thinking about ye old Sam Jackson. Uh, good old Sammy LJ. Good old Mr. Frozone himself. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, of course, is in the Star Wars universe. He is Mace Windu, beloved Jedi Master guy who was wrong about everything. Seriously, right. I don't think Mace Windu was ever correct once, except when he was like, Palpatine's evil. That was the one time he was right about anything, and they killed him for it. Every other time, he's like, just saying wrong stuff. Him and Kiati Mundi. Kiati Mundi is the guy with the big cone head in Star Wars. Literally, go back every single line of dialogue Kiati Mundi says is either stupid or incorrect. He is always wrong or or being dumb. He's like, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? And it's like, I'm sorry, the droid attack on the Wookiees? There's the Sith Lord. Are we are we worrying about the the Wookiees will save themselves? I don't know if you've seen Revenge of the Sith, but in that scene, guess who's doing nothing? The clones and Yoda. Yoda is in a treehouse like he's a goddamn time-traveling kid in a scholastic book up in his magic treehouse looking down like, yep, going great. Fucking Swiss Family Robinson Yoda staring down as the Wookiees destroy the droid army single-handedly like a reverse D-Day, Molly. They are defending the beaches effortlessly from these droids, the Wookiees. The clones. Hashtag Swiss Robinson Yoda. Hashtag Swiss Robinson Yoda. That would be, that's it, Molly. I've figured out how to fix Disney World. Once this quarantine is over and Disney World is open and stupid people stop saying like, I don't want to wear a mask. Once that's all over, Mm -hmm. once all of that is gone, Molly. Mm -hmm. The Swiss Family Treehouse, one of my favorites. I love that there's a, I love that there's an attraction that is so big and so elaborate based on a movie that almost no one remembers, but that I was forced to watch as a child because our dad was a weirdo. Molly, we got to put Yoda in there. We have to do it. I not, don't support this. I no, don't no, support no, 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 no. any changes to the Swiss it Family Robinson Treehouse. It is now Yoda's Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. It's like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. He just bought it and put his name on it. And so you go up there and he's just looking down and way, way down. There's like little action figures of the Wookiees and the droids. And it's like not even well themed. They're off the shelf action figures. And he's just looking at them. And he doesn't talk. But every once in a while, you can tell that he's moving slightly. And you're like, did they build an incredibly advanced animatronic Yoda just to have it like sway slightly every couple seconds because he's old and he can't stand straight? Molly, I don't know. I just made Disney another billion dollars and I'm scared because they have too much corporate power. I don't support this, but maybe someone out there will. Um, Anyway, we were talking about... Samuel L. Jackson being in oh, Star right. Wars. Oh, right. So he's in Star Wars, but in, uh, of course, Captain America Civil War, uh, Spider-Man ecstatically claims that the very old movie, uh, Empire Strikes Back, exists. 
Um, I also feel like there's probably a bunch of other Star Wars stuff that I, I didn't clock. But that's because... one at least, which establishes yeah. that Star Wars exists in the MCU. Yeah. Now it might not really, be yeah. the prequels, but well, yeah, but but I, one it, can assume. I think Disney would be upset if all the Star Warses didn't exist within there. Right, because of the money. I'm sorry, are you Watto? <laughs> Only money! No, but that that works, too. What do you think of some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? I'm a Toydarian! Mind tricks don't work Please on don't us! start with this one. Only money! Um, I will do the Phantom Menace from memory right now. Let's go for some more Is um, that legal? Marvel celebrity paradoxes. Right. Okay, so Gemma Chan, uh, uh, a talented actress, uh, plays Minerva, the blue lady in Captain Marvel, the briefly appearing blue lady, and uh, and 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 she'll have a much more prominent role as Cersei in Marvel's The Eternals. Now this is kind of a little bit different, kind of. Yeah. There's a different category of things that is just actors, as I mentioned earlier, playing multiple roles like in the same show. Mm-hmm. This isn't the same movie though. This is the same universe. So like that's why that's yeah. in this. They category. try to keep their continuity tight, and so yeah. we're just gonna we're just gonna throw it on the pile. We're just throwing it up. And of course, this will be a quick lightning round within a lightning round, which has taken far too long. Within this Marvel category, mm-hmm. there is also the Marvel TV shows, which were tangentially related to the MCU and have now been pretty much decanonized, even though the shows themselves may be good and, and people really like the actors in these shows. Molly, you know that I am a huge Rosario Dawson fan. Oh, he's, and she, he's the biggest fan. I, listen, Rosario Dawson is not only one of the most uh, talented people on the planet, but she has had an incredible career. You just track what she's done. She's she's Lego Batgirl. She's been Wonder Woman in in you know half a dozen different animated films. She's in Josie and the Pussycats. She's in Clerks too. She's just bouncing everywhere. She's dating Cory Booker. This is a free promo for Rosario Dawson. Listen, go to TV Tropes and Rosario Dawson. Leave us a review, and I'll stop doing the chopstick blots. Anyway, chopstick plots sounds like uh, you know plots like the Yiddish expression like you're gonna you're gonna you explode you're gonna blow your top. I don't think it's you're gonna have a chopstick plots, which is where you just you, you can't figure out chopsticks and you just you melt down at the hibachi place. No. And they're like, we gave you a fork, just use it. And you're like, I wanna do the chopstick. You, I it's can't all about getting the ones that are rubber banded together for you. Ooh, that's patronizing though. That's almost like here, dummy. I hate that. I struggle. I have really bad like hand-eye coordination. I struggle with chopsticks. I struggle with a regular fork. Really? When was the last Don't time? Don't even you... see me with a knife. It's bad. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, lightning round about the Marvel. Oh, yeah, TV yeah, shows. yeah. Within the universe. So, um, of course, the movie Aliens uh, gets a reference in, uh, or I think maybe just the first Alien. I can't remember. In uh, if Infinity War, when they're talking about sucking uh, Ebony Maw out into space, um, they talk about the movie Alien. Oh, no, wait. No, I think Alien is... They, they reference it, I think, later when they're talking about the aliens laying eggs inside them. I'm sorry. That is just something that happens in the movie Aliens. <laughs> Someone gets sucked that into space. They're talking about Alien later when when uh, Peter is, is worried that aliens will lay eggs inside his chest. Anyway, and then I think that's when Robert Downey Jr. says the slightly cringy line of, one more pop culture reference out of you, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's just like a little bit like you don't have to tell us you're doing a lot of pop culture references, man. I don't know. He didn't write that. And Marcus and McFeely are talented screenwriters. And I don't know why I would mention that one line in this vast epic of theirs that has taken years to put together is a little meh. I mean, there's a lot of really solid jokes, solid setup and payoff. I mean, Hulka, Hulka, Burn and Fudge, Molly, that's a that's a banger. That's a banger. Honestly, 
that's America's ass. I mean, who am I to, to, to knock one joke, Molly? Who am I? I'm some schlub. Did you? Did you? I still haven't like, gotten right, to the yeah, point. Like... They're talking about the movie Alien, which must exist within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Sigourney Weaver appears in the uh, the Defenders, the Netflix series, which is, is tying together uh, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica. Um... Oh, my God. What just happened to my brain? Am I okay? Molly, help me. What's... I watched the entire show. What is her? Jessica Jones. Oh, my God. I was about to call her Jessica Drew because that's Spider-Woman. And in my brain, that was absolutely her name. I watched the entire show. I watched. I don't want to spoil it, but something something bad happens to David Tennant. But by the time it happens, you're, you're, ha- you're happy. Molly, look, I don't want to be a dick. But, like, David Tennant, one of the great actors of our time, a great Scrooge McDuck. But he's not a nice man in that show, Molly. The Purple Man? Bad guy. I haven't seen any of these. His name is... Uh, is is Killgrave, which okay, is almost so. as goofy as Killmonger. Tell them the uh... oh, so Sigourney <laughs> Weaver existing in a universe where aliens exist would be weird. Also, uh, Alfre- uh, Alfred Woodard Woodard, I sorry I said it wrong. Alfred Woodard is uh, in Luke Cage on Netflix, but she's also in uh, Civil War. And I guess you could maybe wrap your head around that being the same person, but it would be weird if those were supposed to be the same character. Um, you've also got uh, um. Marsha Hala Ali in Luke Cage, and he's now going to be Blade. And that's probably the biggest thing that is pushing against the canonicity mm-hmm. of the Netflix shows is these kind of plucking actors from there. I'd love to see Sigourney Weaver play a more significant Marvel character because she is, uh, like Rosario Dawson, one of the greatest actors of our time. Right. And I'm not exaggerating. Molly knows my love for Sigourney he Weaver. He loves himself some Sigourney Weaver. I maintain that the greatest thing that's ever happened in a film is in Finding Dory yes. when she gets thrown <laughs> around and she thinks she might have died and she just hears a voice saying, I'm Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I Because when I die and go to heaven or hell, I just want to hear Sigourney Weaver's voice. voice. She's a yeah. great. She's just so talented and she's got a jaw that could cut glass, Molly. Um, Sigourney Weaver could murder me with her chin and I, I couldn't stop her. She could right. just run up to me like the rhino in every Spider-Man video game. And if I jumped out of the way and she ran into an electrical fence, it would stun her for a second. I'd punch her and then she'd instantly be back up. She, you're not going to get two hits in like with, like with the rhino. She's just going to whip around with that chin and I will be a dead man. Sigourney Weaver has a jawline like Mount fucking Rushmore, except she never owned any slaves. Ergo, she's better than all the presidents. I think Lincoln's on Mount Rushmore, so he's okay. Anyway, Danny, are, are we going to okay? blow past the fact that I'm not 100% on who's on Mount Rushmore right now? We're going to blow past blow that past I can't that. quite remember? I think that's probably best. Um, yeah, so this is what you're kind of touching on with the Marvel Universe is another category of this a little bit. Because, you know, like we said, there is the paradox of, you know, referencing another thing there is the paradox of having the characters play multiple roles and then there's also and then there's back to the future too when christopher lloyd meets himself and there is a pair of docs i stole that joke that's i think i think tony goldmark came up with that joke it's a good joke no but then there's also kind of like the kevin bacon six degrees of separation type of paradox um which i i've come up with a a not so great example of Molly this. has the greatest example of <laughs> it's this a, in history. It's a fictional example. So let's say, for example, in the movie, he's just not that into you. <laughs> they are watching an episode of Criminal Minds. This would be very weird because 
Justin Long, who stars in that, starred alongside Matthew Gray Goobler, who plays Spencer Reed, in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. They were he was Alvin and Matthew was uh Simon. So shouldn't he recognize his co-star I love while watching this series? You didn't try to think of a real one. No, I did you no, no. made up a hypothetical. I, I did try to think of a real one. I found the examples you provided me with rather unsatisfactory. So I came up with this hypothetical one to try to explain the yeah. other type, which Danny did not want to include in the No, I was podcast. fine with a two degree separation i just you were not well that's why i've written it down because i was fine with it i just wanted a better example i'm no, just no. pushing us to do the best we can i just didn't look like into the rambling about examples. sigourney weaver's chin that's the best this show's gonna be um, i just took an allergy pill live on air i tried to do it quietly but you might have heard some weird gulping and it's because i tried and to bottle have... cap twisting well i think the bottle cap twisting might have been far enough away that they didn't hear it no no, no. i could hear it over here and hear the pills rattling so yeah Molly, after we after we finish this, remind me I have to we have to do, we have to record an extra bit. Okay, so next up, I just this is a quick thing, not a huge deal. Um, I mean none of these are huge deals. The whole point is it's a show about the little things. That's our tagline. Molly, do you think that's an okay tagline? Leave a review of the tagline, and I'll stop doing the voice. Oh my god! I can't promise to stop doing all voices. They're all ir- ir- irritating in equal amounts. He does it in real life. It's not just for the podcast. Yeah, I'm I'd sorry like to, to be say. clear. We're trying to figure out what that kind of disorder is, but we are not sure. I think it's the disorderly orderlies on duty tonight, Molly. <laughs> At any rate, uh, Lego Batman. That is a reference to the now 60 year old Jerry Lewis film, The Disorderly Orderly. And it's hit theme song. It's horrible. Our mother made us watch it as children and was like, watch this. It's hysterical. And it wasn't. It was not. It's one of his lesser efforts. Although I watched it recently. It, was, it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was. I was. I think I fell asleep. But, you know, yeah. when you take a 90-minute nap in the middle of that two-hour movie, it it's sings. Good. There's a moment in that movie which destroys the universe. This is totally weird. I've never thought of this, but there's a part in that movie where Jerry Lewis, this is more just a fourth wall break than anything. Jerry Lewis and his girlfriend are walking past a shop window for like a travel agency. And he's like, boy, wouldn't it be great to travel the world? Pretty lady. And then uh, 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 that was hacky. I know, Molly. You don't have to tell me that I'm a hack. I know. I know I'm a hack. All right. Don't don't, don't say it. I know. It hurts have when you, you say it. you ever said a complete sentence? It hurts. <laughs> the most cutting thing you've ever said. <laughs> it's the truest, most painful. You know, they say it's the people who love you the most who can hurt you the deepest. <laughs> I just was watching you and I'm like, I don't even... <laughs> you don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so sad. He's, he's physically here, but his mind is gone. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> anyway, so Jerry Lewis and his girlfriend in the movie are walking past this window for a travel agency right. and he goes, wouldn't it be nice to travel the world or whatever? And then they walk past the window and the camera lingers and it zooms into the travel agency window and it says, in-flight movie, The Disorderly Orderly, starring Jerry Lewis. So within the film, there's a quick ad for the movie. It's like a weird version of the Spaceballs joke where they pull out the VHS. Yeah. It's just like, it's weird because it's the 60s, so they don't go further with the joke than yeah that? like that's like a, a a casual little thing it's such a mild fourth wall break but they hold on it for so long because this is something one would argue if that movie travels the world then so has he what if they're playing the in-flight movie as that plane goes around the world then jerry lewis has gone around yes, the world Molly, since this is the movie he's very popular in france at any rate anyway well, I already did it anyway. No, you don't have to anyway. do it anyway. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. 
you still like at any rate. Okay, but the speed has nothing to do with this. Molly, inertia is a property of matter. Any Bill, way. Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> at any rate. Uh, that was just, it was weird to think of the disorderly order. But no, it's like the 60s, so they hold on the joke for so long. They just hold on that image for the entire time. And it, it's like in I Love Lucy, like anytime there's like a comedic reveal, the, the camera just holds on it forever. Like there's there's the scene where um, Lucy is, is eating potato chips and she's dipping them in cream. And then she also has like her face cream next to it. And they just hold on it right. for forever because it's the 50s and people had never seen comedy before. And so they just have to like get it. There's two jars, guys. There's two different kinds of cream. One of them's not for eating. And like, and it's just, it's, ooh, it's one of those holds. It's very uncomfortable. The 60s. At any rate, Molly, another great example of a celebrity destroying the universe inadvertently with their stupid fame. In the Lego Batman movie, which I maintain is the second best of the Lego movies, Molly. Obviously, Lego movie one, number one with a bullet. Lego Batman, a clear number two to me. It's fantastic. Lego Movie 2, a very good sequel, a worthy follow-up, a lot of good gags, made me laugh a bunch. I don't Bruce... know if I personally put that over the Lego Batman. I really liked the Lego Movie 2. Really? That's interesting. And then Lego Ninjago is very solid. I I think it's it's funny. It doesn't quite have the heart that the other the other I refuse do. to discuss the Lego Ninjago franchise. Oh, Molly hates ninjas. I don't know if I ever told you guys it's this. It's not ninjas. I hate Ninjago. Why? What if a poor Lego designer hears this? I believe I stated I refuse to discuss (laughs) the Lego Ninjago franchise. I have no comment at this time on the Lego Ninjago franchise. My lawyers have advised me not to. Yes. Have advised me not to discuss the Lego Ninjago. This is actually pushing this a little bit. Oh. This this banter here. Oh, I'm okay. Oh wow, I've never seen your eyes get so cold, Molly, as when you've told me not to talk about the. Don't. Say it again. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so Lego Batman. Um, in yeah. the movie. Oh God, she's staring. In uh the Lego Batman movie, Rafe finds whose name is spelled Ralph Fiennes, and every time I read it, I think <laughs> Ralph Fiennes, and I'm so sorry. I know it's Rafe Fiennes. Anyway, Rafe Fiennes in in the movie, uh, he plays Alfred, Batman's trusty butler. They just did a coronavirus PSA with Lego Batman. Where they did. It was really with weird. with Will Arnett and and Rafe Fiennes doing their voices from the movie. I mean, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. Their voice their their voice work is good and it's beautifully animated. I guess it was all made from home, but uh yeah. Anyway, so Molly, please don't play with packing tape while we're recording the podcast. I know I took an allergy pill, but you gotta be professional. You're the serious one here. Sorry, go ahead. Molly, I'm the wacky out there guy. You gotta be anchored. Oh, I'm an anchor. Oh. Oh, it's a chopstick plot. <laughs> I baited him into doing the voice. She yeah. really keeps doing the eyes to get me to do it. Anyway, so Lego Batman, Ray it's finds- It's the greatest form of like mind control. <laughs> I just look at you with this face and you, you Molly, you can just, you know the voices I do. You can just get me to do them. You could just bring up Whoopi Goldberg and I'll just, I'll slip into the Whoopi voice. Let's talk about it. All I can say is let's talk about it and Daniel do it. Because it's not, it's not us. It's the view. And we come together, and we're different people, but I disagree. But I don't disagree so much that I won't give up my point and just agree with you. Right. Because we're different women, and we come together, and that's the view. So so why don't you tell me about the Lego Batman? I'll tell you about the and Lego Batman don't even movie. mention that other franchise. Don't even look at it. Ninja who? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, the, the Lego Batman movie. Ray Fiennes appears in the film as Alfred, Batman's loyal butler. Uh, but Lego Voldemort from the Lego Harry Potter movie sets is in the film. 
But Ray Fiennes plays Voldemort in the Lego, in the original Harry Potter movies, not the Lego one. <laughs> he is Voldemort in the live action Harry Potter films on which the Lego Harry Potter sets are pretty clearly based. And so Ray Fiennes interacts with this other Ray Fiennes character who is voiced by Eddie Izzard in the film. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of a celebrity paradox. Yeah, it's a little bit of one. It's a little tiny, bit of one. Little, tiny little baby one. Uh, and then on a related note, just because it's voiceover right. acting, uh, and it's tangential too, yeah. is in The Office, <laughs> The Simpsons exists. The Simpsons right. very clearly exists in The Office. They have a Homer Simpson doll. They talk about Apu. They they do all... It is referenced frequently enough throughout The Office. Mm-hmm. But Steve Carell has been on The Simpsons. Right. And so it becomes this thing of like, well... You know, is is a little bit of a little bit of a, a tiny little bit of a universe destruction. Love I'd it. imagine there's also references to like Saturday Night Live and stuff like that, and plenty of people have. I'm been sure on there's people. plenty of plenty the office, of office does examples. plenty of pop culture bits, and is meant to be a relatively realistic See, office. This space. is like, like one of those things. This is a different one where you just kind of get to a point of like sometimes, like I don't know, Will Ferrell. Steve Carell and that guy whose name I never remember. David Koechner. Yes, they were all in Anchorman together. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of have that's not really breaking the plot in universe, but you as the viewer are kind of like I know you all together all as something yeah. else. I've been on this show. Yeah. Sure. So, um, um, uh, were you coming up to the big boy? We're up to the biggest, the maybe the most destroyed universe in the world. And if- I'd argue one of the most known. People yeah. know this. People remember this because people, it's not hard to arrive at this conclusion because they're, they're very flagrant about it. Yeah. And, you know, y- there's two arguments to be made here. Number one, since none of this matters, yeah. if you're going to do it, go all the way. Like, yeah. Have your cake, eat it too. It, you know, because literally this does not matter. I'm right. very much of the opinion that none of this matters. It's just fun to talk about and think about. And it's like a fun little like, oh, I didn't notice that. It's like when people are watching a movie and they go like, Hey, look, that glass of water was full, and then they cut to the next shot, and it's empty. That's like a fun little, oh, I didn't notice that. Or like, oh, my favorite little movie thing is in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There's the scene where Indiana Jones is in the library, and he climbs up the spiral staircase, and he looks over the railing, and he sees that X is on the floor, and he does the line about X marks the spot. Behind him, the bookcase is so fake. It is the fakest bookcase I've ever seen in my life. The bookcases on Disney Dark Rides, it looks like it is literally from Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, this bookcase. It is so fake. It is just some books painted on, like, a flat wall. And then the rest of the library is real books. And it's like, why in the one shot where we're getting a decent angle on the bookshelf is it fake? I love that. It does not make me go like, the people who made this movie don't care, you know, whatever nerdy little bullshit people who think continuity matters. Molly, none of this matters. So I would argue, and you're welcome to disagree with me, some would say the podcast would be more interesting if we didn't just agree. But we can't not agree. We can't lie to these people, Molly. They're our audience. I would argue that if you are going to destroy your universe, Mm -hmm. go all out. Marvel zombies this fucker and turn everyone's brains inside out. Rip out guts and go crazy and blow up the world. Smash Jupiter and Saturn. I'm not entirely sure what you mean by this rambling you're saying. (laughs) I I do. I am of the camp that if you're going to do this, that you should make a joke about it Mm. or have no continuity or no, like something of that nature. Like how in the end of every SpongeBob episode, the town is destroyed. Yeah, like something like that. I believe in Harvey Dent, but I also believe, Molly, that. This doesn't matter. Okay. So Have I we said what we're talking about yet? No. Oh, that's, okay. It's a build up. Oh, okay. It's a build up. I'm sorry. Now, Molly, mm-hmm. here's here's the deal. 
the most flagrant, the most common, and I applaud it for this, because fuck making sense, and this is a very normal people show where normal stuff happens, I applaud it for having one surreal element. The beloved TV sitcom Friends is chock-a-block fucking full of nonsense celebrities who can't possibly exist within the Friends universe as characters. See, this actually, you're saying go for it. This bothers me. Like, this straight up bothers me. Are we having a disagreement? Yeah, and I love Friends. I think it's a great show. Does it ruin the show for me? By no means. Not at all. But it bothers me when it's happening. I'm well aware of it. No, I love it. I love that this happens. I, I, I hate it. I think it's, a, I, I just, because it's like, okay, so to me, the big example always was, just personally, yeah. as a as a secondhand smoke ingester, as a secondhand Friends viewer all my right. life, you and Ryan and our cousin loving Friends more than anything. Right. The, the one that always stuck out to me was that the guy's favorite movie is Die Hard. Right. There are many episodes where they talk about how they, they just They talk about Die, Die Hard. Hard. They want to watch Die yeah. Hard. It's, it's then, Die Hard is mentioned throughout. And then Bruce Willis appears as a character on the show. He's not Bruce Willis, the movie star. No, he is Elizabeth's father. He is the father. He fa- is Paul. Yeah. <laughs> the intern? No, he's no. Paul. Hi, he's I'm Paul. Paul. He's that monkey from the end he of the Jimmy Neutron. He is a fun guy. He is a yeah. love machine. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Well, he's also Bruno the Kid, so never forget that moment. No, so that's, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest examples of... It just always stood out to me as weird. a person It's weird. If Die Hard's your favorite movie, yeah, you'd know this, and not the slightest mention of... No, there's not like a joke like of that like, guy. you look, like you look Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yeah. Nothing. There's also, I mean, there's to a lesser extent... Well, Friends just doesn't do that, though. Friends doesn't do no, no, you no. look like so-and-so Friends jokes. Is insane with this. So here's yeah. here's we're gonna run down some quick examples Go of just it. friends causing damage. But so there's the initial things of like you know uh, Kathleen Turner plays Chandler's father, Helena Handbasket. Mm-hmm. She is the voice of Jessica Rabbit, and on Chandler's list of his you know five freebie people he can sleep with or whatever, one of them is Jessica Rabbit. Right. So the actress who plays his father is on his list of characters or people he would be able to sleep with outside of his marriage right which is just it's just an odd which screams daddy issues up the wazoo hey man kathleen turner can be my daddy any day (laughs) kathleen i know you're listening um yeah anyway but so there's a lot of stuff like that on friends where they'll talk about an actor It, it happens all the time it happens every day no matter what they say molly those are the lyrics it's not unusual we love that. Oh, okay. It happens every day. Go on. Okay. Our friends. So so that's within the show. That's within the show. But There's... more extreme, Molly. Yes. The juggernaut that is friends. The cultural behemoth. It is referenced all the time on other TV it's programs. It's referenced so often. And it's like, on the one hand, you reference the show because it's so famous and it's well known and people are going to get your joke based on it. Then on the other hand, Friends is such a big show. You want the stars of Friends to guest star on your yes. show just because they're great actors. I would say that the the more extreme examples of this are all committed by one uh, yeah. murderer of a writer. No, uh, uh, Tina Fey, as a producer and writer, she's done 30 Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt which have their sort of connections between them of actors and writers and and music and everything. But uh, they both have plenty of references to Friends as a fictional sitcom. And yet on 30 Rock, we've got Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer in separate episodes as in-universe characters. Uh, 
it's it's you know so the, now these actors that have been talked about before as actors are here on the show right and they're not playing jennifer aniston and david schwimmer they're playing characters sure and uh, on unbreakable kimmy schmidt lisa kudrow appears as as kimmy's mother right you know so that's another one but at the same time these shows have such a an out there universe these are very surreal comedies you know 30 unlike friends itself which right. is very i don't think there's a single fourth wall break in all of friends i i don't think so i can't think of a time where they're like like I just there, don't think there might of it. be some little bit of a a, a littlest joke, but it's, it's not so, really no. But like Friends is such a classic kind of sitcom yeah. where it's like these are the characters, this is their world, these are the jokes. Whereas Thirty Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt are much more right. much more surreal, much more out there, absurd comedies. No, you know we know that the Friends universe is messed up. If you look at our early season weirdness, our first episode, yeah. the pilot. We definitely discuss all the continuity errors in Friends. But for me, the Friends universe shattering that aggravates me to my core mm. is The Good Place. And now, yeah. The Good Place, I believe the latest season is not on Netflix yet, so I'm not going to spoil that. But um, if you haven't seen that, maybe you don't want to just hear this just a little bit. So throughout the entire series... Michael talks about friends because, like you said, it's a realistic show. Like, it's very normal. And that is what Michael, um, who is not human, has said. Like, this is the epitome of being a human. He watches yeah. friends and, like, he thinks that's what humans are and he wants to be them. And it's referenced so many times it's not even funny. Right. Throughout the whole thing. His whole thing is friends. You know, I loved it at first and I still love it. I love the friends references because it does make the show funny. Sure. But then we get to the last season of, of The Good Place. And in a kind of dramatic turnaround, like she literally turns around, Lisa Kudrow is there. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to get to meet Lisa Kudrow. Because they talk about friends. Because they so talk much. about friends so much. I'm like, they're going to finally do this thing where someone from friends has entered their universe um, through some type of death. And it's not. Lisa Kudrow is just playing another character, another person. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We spent the whole series talking about friends. And now you're going to have Lisa Kudrow on here, not as Lisa Kudrow. Like, uh, it just, as it, a character, it, yeah. it hurt me. It That's hurt me to my core to see them all interact. And like, Michael should be fangirling over her or recognize her. Like, it just, it, yeah. it really, it really messed me up. It's interesting. I guess, I guess... I don't know how to put this. Something snapped within me many moons ago, Molly. Yes. And I just don't, I don't care enough about like, I mean, I care about movies and TV and stuff. Obviously we're doing mm -hmm. this whole podcast where all we do is ramble about this stuff. And I spend all day watching cartoons and TV and throwing my life away on a dream that won't go uh, come true. But to cry in front of you, Molly, that's a thing I'd Thanks never do. Thing you never do. You're really ready for Greece. Yeah, really, I, really ready. honestly, I guess I'm always Molly. We got to do the Greece episode soon. Maybe that's our next one because I have some Greece hot. Just in takes. time for the Tonys, we'll do it. Just in time for our sing along, Molly. Um, but does that mean we have to participate in the sing along for the sake of the podcast, or oh. can we do this in lieu of? I'm the sing -along? gonna sing along, but not to the Tonys broadcast. Yeah. I'm gonna separately put Greece on. Oh, are you gonna do the the movie or the Broadway? No, I'll put the movie on, oh, and okay. I'll sing along to it. Can I but stop in to do to All Alone at the Drive-In? Because I like that song better than Sandy. Mm, I'm I like Sandy. You've seen my rendition of Sandy. 
I do a really good rendition of Sandy from the movie At Grease. The drive in um, the movie. I'm sorry, we were we were talking sorry, about Sorry, yeah, it's a feeling I need to groovy, Molly, but I guess I just it's something snapped within me so long ago that I just don't I like I can't move myself to be like upset at these things mm. and i don't know what it is i don't know what changed in me but i used to care about stuff used like to this, care so much and i think sure. you're the person that instilled this in me i wonder if i poisoned your mind and now that i've changed you you you're behind the time no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> um i know a lot of a lot of people care about this there's a youtube channel i watch that is it's called the watchtower database and it's all about the the sort of dc comics the batman superman cartoons that they had from the 90s into the 2000s which is a very niche thing that is like my thing i have right. a huge collection of those action figures and the the comic books based on the show literally on the table right over there is uh is sure. a copy of uh mad love which is the tie in one of the tie in comics from the batman adventure series i can confirm i this. am obsessed with this crap there's a there's drawings of wonder woman and harley quinn on this table from that specific style of the show that i've i've done those drawings but I love those cartoons. Correct. The people who run that channel are very continuity-minded. They have scoured those shows for little clues about the timeline of things. Yes. I am very much of the opinion that none of that counts or matters. And I know that's yeah, crazy. but you just would rather enjoy the universe. It's my interpretation of the art, and all interpretations of art are valid as long as they can be supported by the text. Okay, Molly. Well, I'm sorry. I sound like a southern man. Yeah. Well, I suppose all art is valid as long as it is voted by the text of the piece. No, but like, you know, to me, it's like Batman's pretty clearly going for like a weird 40s, but also the 90s look. And so I don't care about the time. Meanwhile, they have constructed a timeline that goes all the way up to the year uh, 2045. Uh, and, and, and it's based around the fact that sometimes on like a magazine cover, the year will be written as 92. And so they've, de they've determined it's 1992. They've moved it forward. See, it's I appreciate that do. dedication of the deduction. Yes. And I feel like you would, if you were a fan of those shows, you would have the same feelings as they do of like. Absolutely. It's annoying. You've seen my whiteboard of analyzing oh, The Shining. I have seen your whiteboards. Many of them, Molly. Scattered throughout the house with different theories and timelines on them. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, these are also the kind of people who care about like, well, this this character changed appearance completely. Why would they do that? This character right. has a different voice now. You know, they're not like angry about it. They're not weird, obsessive, like toxic people. Right. They just are very passionate in the way that you seem to be about uh, friends. Well, no, place. it's the good place. Yeah. It's just, I wouldn't have cared if it was one casual reference to yeah. friends. It would make the list, but I wouldn't have cared. Like, I don't care that Kelly Bishop was the mom in Dirty Dance. That doesn't bother yeah. me. This bothers me because of how often they mention it. Sure. It is a character trait that you would list about Michael. And it's things that now, now this has extended to plenty of other stuff with the friends references. Uh, Parks and Rec has plenty of friends references. In particular, they have a... The poster of the... The SCOTUS. Yeah, the Supreme Court justices sipping milkshakes like the Friends poster right. of all the Friends. And yet... And yet Paul Rudd, who is Mike, a.k.a. Crapbag, mm -hmm. on Friends, is a, is a recurring uh, character on Parks and Rec. Right. And I'm sure there's other overlap that is not coming to mind right now. But that's a big one. But that's a, that's just a, a one that came to mind, is that Paul Rudd is a, is a cross. This is... I mean, and then on the show Mom, they talk about... Uh, friends, friends, but Anna Ferris uh, was on. Isn't you know. friends. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of little things like that. But Molly, you have picked out one that is very obscure. It's so obscure. It's not I even love. funny. I, I'd love you to tell them about um, it. I hope we're thinking about the same one. Uh, this is so um, you all know the show Lizzie McGuire. Right, this is this is yes, we all okay. know. Um, you all know the show Lizzie McGuire. Fun show. I really hope we get that reboot. Um, 
Lizzie McGuire, there is this phone conversation where Gordo, Miranda, and Lizzie are on the phone, and they are talking, and Gordo has this line, he's like, um, Monica, Rachel, can we talk about something other than, like, hair for a minute? It's something, some line like that. He's referencing Monica and Rachel from Friends, basically. Yeah. But, Alex, (laughs) I'm saying it right, Borstein? I believe it's Bornstein. Bornstein. Alex Bornstein. Now, don't quote me on this. You know her as, um... The chaperone for the trip in the Lizzie McGuire movie. I thought you were going to tell them why they would know her outside of the Lizzie McGuire movie. She's on The Marvelous Miss Maisel. She's on The Marvelous Miss Maisel. She won an Emmy for that. Uh, she's she's the, fantastic. She's, she's hysterical woman. She's the voice of Lois on Family She's Guy. the heart player on Gilmore Girls. She's um, in a lot of she's stuff. In she's in tons of stuff. She's a really talented comedic But actor. So she's uh, the chaperone of Lizzie McGuire, meaning they know this woman. They've seen Friends. Yes. But she famously has the one-woman show, Why Don't You Like Me, in Friends. And um, so anyway, that was one of those little so, things. So friends exist within the friends Lizzie exist within the Lizzie McGuire universe. When they get to the movie, they meet one of the people from Friends. Exactly. Universe destroyed by Alex Borstein. Yes. Uh, at any rate, uh, so so I have real quick. I have one of these. Okay. The, oh, and honorable mention to the show Psych, which has never cared about doing this, and I love them for it. I this they is do more this as a joke. This is kind of what Danny likes. This is more what I like. They're just big about it. They don't care. They will talk about The Breakfast Club all the time. They have had half the cast of The Breakfast Club. Their goal was actually to see how many members of The Breakfast Club they could get on the show. In particular, Ali Sheedy and Anthony Michael Hall are like recurring guest actors that have like arcs for their characters across the show ali sheedy even pops up in psych the musical which is one of the crowning achievements of mankind i don't know if you've heard yet but psych the musical you do have to have seen part of the show to understand it but psych the musical is incredible i'd say we'd do an episode about it but it would just be us saying nice things yeah it would just be us being like we would just perform it for you and that wouldn't be good it's not gonna be as good as our drake and josh (laughs) as good as our drake and josh fan fiction Um, um what do you think the plot of our Drake and Josh fan fiction is going to be? I'll have to think. Tweet us what you think the they plot finally of our Drake and Josh Friends. fans fan No. Um, um, what if it's like they get they get sucked like they they turn on the TV and they see an episode of the Amanda show and they start panicking because they exist and then they like unravel the conspiracy. What if it's them confronting Dan Schneider? Ugh. I don't know. We'll Ugh. have to think on that one. Um, no, but Psych Psych is great because they have things where they'll just make jokes about it. Like yeah. they had Ralph Macchio on, and like they straight up will be making Karate, Karate Kid yeah. references while he's there. Can I tell you something? Go ahead. I, I, in case you couldn't tell from the many rants and tangents I've gone on, I like comic books, and I used to read a lot of '80s and '90s Marvel comics as a kid. Mm-hmm. And they would cr- one of the editors was named Ralph. Machio, or maybe his is Machio instead of Machio, but, okay, but it looks similar. like Ralph Machio. And any time I would see it in a comic, I was like, "This is such a weird running joke they do, where they <laughs> act like the kid from Karate Kid is is, is their editor. editor." That's such a weird joke because they used to have joke credits because like Stan Lee would be credited as like the poor man Shakespeare, That's funny. and Steve Ditko would be the poor man's Picasso, and then the letterer they would always be mean to the letterer as a joke. So mm-hmm. like. I don't know, Artie Simek or whoever was the letterer for that issue, they would just call the poor man's poor man. Like, (laughs) it's always something like that. It's just like, you know, poorly written by, you know. Right. Always an insult to the letterer. Stan, leave that bastard. Anyway, uh, I'm glad you're dead, Stan. Jesus Christ. What? They're not going to know you're kidding. They're, geez, they really think I mean anything I say. Molly, I'm a pathological liar. I mean, I'm not. We love Stan. I'd like to make that clear. We stand Stan. We stand Stan. Um, no. We what? I don't, we stand Stan. Stan Stan? 
Sandstand. Um, oh, it's a standstand. Anyway, um, yeah, no, Psych, great. Um, Psych, that Ralph Macchio Psych thing doesn't care. Yeah. Psych doesn't care, and we love them for it. Yeah. As a kid, um, I guess I knew Ralph Macchio more from My Cousin Vinny than I the as kid, well did. Which is just a quirk and of then our childhood. I just don't like the Karate Kid, but that's just me. Whoa. Some hot takes on the Karate Kid here today. Um, I know him mainly from How I Met Your Mother. At any rate. Um, um, We come now to our our last couple of examples. I have one that does not count, and then we have one... Okay. One thing that we actually One thing we really want to talk about. Okay, so real quick, I'll get my obligatory one out of the way. Okay. Listed on the TV Tropes page for Celebrity Paradoxes, I believe, is uh, in the movie The Avengers. There's a reason this isn't in the MCU section. In the movie uh, The Avengers... Iron Man jokingly calls Hawkeye Legolas, as in the archer from uh, from the Lord of the Rings series, famously played by Orlando Bloom. Uh, he calls him that, and that's listed as a celebrity paradox because, of course, Hugo Weaving plays the Red Skull. So, you know, how could the Lord of the Rings movies exist in a world where uh, where several of the actors from Lord of the Rings have been in Marvel movies? I think Kate Blanchett crosses over from both of those series because she's, she's hella. Um, <clears throat> She's hella what? Molly, you didn't complete our vaudeville routine. We're trying to bring back vaudeville. It's not going well because Molly hasn't heard about this plan until right this second. But anyway, um, I would argue that this one does not count because the Lord of the Rings, it's also a series of books. Like, I know that it would be weird for Iron Man to just be referencing some old fantasy books that weren't made into movies. But like... They did do Lord of the Rings cartoons. It's possible without having it's like just, this crazy. We have a new actor to play this person. In the yeah, scene. that's just that's one where I took issue with. Uh, again, TV tropes, a great website that I've wasted hours on. But maybe I am obsessed with small details and am a frightening little man. You're obsessed. Yes. At any rate, um, we come now to our big uh, final thing that we have teased you at the front in the warning that we've recorded for the top of the show. I don't even know if this counts, but it does. In our here hearts. comes the big payoff to what we we. We've been teasing you with what we whetted your appetite with. Here is the big payoff for the thing that we are actually obsessed with. Okay. So, everybody loves the movie Clueless. I love the movie Clueless. We're big Clueless stands. Big Clueless fans. We're Clueless stands, stands. And um, fun fact: one of the only books I've read for school is Emma by Jane Austen, which this movie is based on. Molly, I think we're going to need you to take that line back with some more pauses in it, please. <laughs> Bullying. One of Sorry. the only books. Okay, William Shanner. Um, Wrap it up, yeah, Rocket so, Man. So, um, yeah, Clueless, great film. Really encaptures the 90s, despite the fact that I believe it came out in the year 2000. No, I don't think it did. I believe that. It, it was did. 90s. No. No, I think the TV show might be the 2000s. No. Molly, look up the movie Clueless. I can guarantee. I'll bet you right now, um, real money. It's the 90s. It's 1995. Oh, oh, who's right? I am thinking of the TV show. Yeah, I thought you yeah. told me that. All right. Just, you know, no, I never when it comes you. to facts, don't pin your incorrectness you, on should, you should disregard anything that I say because yes. I don't know things. Listen to me. I'm going to own it. I don't know anything. Come, children. Listen only to Danny. I listen guess I'm to thinking of the facts. TV show then. I don't know. Listen to the facts of your new cult leader. Danny. No, maybe it was the fact that it came out in 1995, which is like the mid 90s, which the 90s didn't really come about till the late 90s. The beginning of the 90s were really the 80s. You know what you I mean? You want to do me a favor and not say nonsense to try to justify how wrong you are? Okay. The 90s didn't happen until the year 2000, so I'm still right. 
listen no. to you. You are, you're a garbage woman. All right, all right. I and am. I don't mean one of the fine sanitation workers no, in no, our no. city. No, we call them sanitation workers. We don't call them garbage women, Danny. No, because I'm busy calling you a garbage person constantly. Right. Okay, so anyway, anyway, there's a movie, Clueless. It came out in 1995. It's a really great representation it's of a, the 90s. It's a lovely film. I'm a big fan. But they did a TV show adaptation, which ran for three seasons, and apparently started in the year 2000, Molly. I could easily be wrong about that. Oh, watch you be wrong. in the 2000s. I don't know what year. At any rate, they did a, a TV show version of Clueless, which did not feature the actors from the film. It was all recast. Uh, for the most part, I, I think her dad is her dad. Oh, no. the no, I'm just so wrong. Is it's it 97 or something? What is it? The show came out in 1996 and ended oh. in 1999. Dang so it, Molly. I don't know what I'm thinking of, but there's something. Mark my words. There yeah, is. I'm sure some movie came out in the year 2000, Molly. No, some movie about the 90s. Okay, never mind. Never mind. You're going to have to. I'm going to have to die. You yeah. should just edit this all out. Nope, nope. I'm leaving it all in word oh, for word. Molly, if I'm leaving in the pee breaks, <laughs> I'm leaving this in. Them's the pee breaks, kids. Okay, so, so there's a TV show about the movie Clueless. There's a TV show adaptation of the movie Clueless, which features the same characters, but does not feature the cast of the movie. Right, Alicia Silverstone did not reprise her iconic role. No, I believe, I think maybe her dad might be the same actor. No, her dad is now. Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn, he's the, he's the crossover, right? Wallace Shawn is in it, yes. Yes, Wallace Shawn, and he's in the film, right? Yes, okay. I believe. So Wallace Shawn is uh, the linchpin between universes, much like um, Agent Coulson between the, the TV shows and movies for Marvel. Um, I guess Agent Carter too, but you know Coulson—he's just in more. Clark Gregg, anyway. Oh, Clark Gregg. These what are the people actor. who reprise their roles? Stacy Dash, Donald Faison, Donald Faison, Faison, Elisa Donovan, or Eliza Donovan, something Donovan. Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to. Wallace Shawn and Twink Kaplan. Great. So some of the cast of the movie appeared in the show, but for the most part, you know, there's no Paul Rudd, there's no Alicia Silverstone, etc. Etc. There's no Breckenmeyer, except there are some weird ass special episodes of Clueless. Yes. That destroy the universe. Because you could argue to yourself, well, they recast some characters. That happens. Right. Actors are busy. Actors die. Happens all the time. I just don't want to do it. Happens every day, no matter what they say. Molly, there are several episodes of the program Clueless within those three wonderful seasons where the actors from the film suddenly appear. And fuck with your head. Namely, Paul Rudd, who in the film is plays the, Josh. He plays the stepbrother-ish character that I'm going to spoil Clueless, Molly. Do you mm. think I'm allowed to spoil Clueless? I think you're allowed to spoil Clueless. Okay. Spoiler alert for Clueless. They getting down. Yeah. She so, falls in love with her stepbrother. And well, it's, it's, it's weird. Listen, it's weird, but I think the internet has proved to us that a lot of people are cool with this. And... Regardless of our personal feelings, if your stepbrother was Paul Rudd, I mean, <laughs> or, ooh, if your stepsister was Alicia Silverstone. I mean, look, Batman and Robin may have done Batgirl dirty, but she she was a great pick. I think she was a great pick. And the paparazzi was horrible to her during the making of Batman and Robin. They kept writing all these stories about, like, Alicia Silverstone needed her bat suit refitted and saying all these horrible body-shaming things about her needing her suit retailed. And all the director did to defend her. Look, I like Joel Schumacher a lot, but his only defense of her was... And this is, uh, listen, I'm putting this out right now. It was a problematic thing for him to say. All he said was, what's the girl's big crime? She ate some pizza. Not, hey, it's not any of your business if an actor gains some weight and you're you're playing into the whole body shaming thing. His defense was just, yeah, she ate some pizza. <laughs> as if that would help. 
as if saying, you are correct. All of your body shaming comments are correct. But what's the big deal? It's like on Seinfeld where they're freaking out about being gay and then they go like, not that there's anything wrong with that. Where obviously the characters have homophobic viewpoints about this and care that people would think that of them. Joel Schumacher just was like, yeah, but does it really matter? But he was basically saying yes, as if it was true. Right. You could just deny it for her sake. She's Alicia Silverstone. Cover She's her back. beautiful. I would like to take this moment to um, just point out my personal theory that not enough people talk about. That I think Alicia Silverstone and Maggie Lawson look very, very similar. And I just need the world to know that. You are correct about this. Maggie Lawson, another incredible actor. Yes, from Psych. And honestly, Molly, hostile makeover, some of her best work. Oh, absolutely. Killer hair. Killer hair. We stand killer hair and hostile makeover, the two lifetime movies uh starring they were Maggie sequels Lawson. to each other with Maggie Lawson from Um Sack. and I also will throw Meg Ryan into that mix a little bit. A little bit. She's but not as bit. much. Not, not as, as much. much. Especially not current Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan no, not current looks Meg very Ryan. different. Some people look very different as they age. They do. And she's one of them. Yeah. Anyway. And anyway, clueless. clueless Paul Rudd the is show. the love interest and the understandable stepbrother get down in right. that movie. So that is where he is in the movie. Yeah. He is not. He doesn't return for the TV no. show. Josh is played by another person. Yes, and then eventually Josh just disappears from the show. But that's not a big deal. And right he's now. not really a love interest he's, in the yeah, show. Yeah, I guess. They, I guess they probably got some feedback that was like, "Hey, this that's is weird. a creepy ending to the movie." But then, like, it's also like all of a sudden her stepbrother wasn't Paul Rudd, and all of a sudden it was a lot less defensible that yeah, she was that's doing. True. This. That's true. Because when it was Paul Rudd, I'll say it right now, a lot. A lot of people didn't have a problem with the ending of that movie, but apparently a lot of people had a problem with that happening on the TV show. Right. And I listen, the actor who plays him on the show, nothing wrong. No, but he's Good not actor. Paul Rudd. But the difference between Paul Rudd and like 80% of all other human men is a gap that is just not crossable for the sake of stepbrothership. Right. Right. At any anyway. rate. Paul Rudd shows up in a random episode of the Clueless TV show, not as his character, no. as a different guy who is also the love interest of Cher. Cher is the main character. And his... what is Paul Rudd's name in this, Danny? Paul Rudd plays a guy named Sonny, and he freaks out because they're at like the coffee shop, and he overhears from her order that her name is Cher, and he's like, your name is Cher, I'm Sonny, like Sonny and Cher. And like, like... Scoob, like Scoob. <laughs> I feel like in this episode, not that Paul Rudd has ever aged, but in that episode, Paul Rudd looks so much older he than her. He looks older than current Paul yeah, Rudd. Yeah, he does. It's one of those weird times where I guess maybe the makeup for the episode was was maybe more lax or something. I have no clue, but he just... <laughs> Podcast listeners, I don't know if you heard that, but it sounds like a man with a hook has come to kill us. There was a squeaking noise that was very metallic. We should probably wrap this up before old hook hand gets us, Molly. Yeah. What's no, the movie where the guy has the hook hand? Is that, I know what you did last summer? No, he just carries a hook. He doesn't have it for a hand. Um, Peter Paul Pan! Rudd. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Paul I know what you did last summer. I've come to kill Sarah Michelle Geller. That's my Captain Hook. It's almost yeah, as good as right. my Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> but not as good as my Tom Hanks. <laughs> Paul Rudd. And now I'm John Lovitz. I'm but, bad at impressions. Um, that was... What? 
I wasn't expecting him to come. I don't usually do John Lovitz. I do Whoopi Goldberg um, all the time. No, I just like weird. Spending. God, what I wouldn't give to do Whoopi Goldberg. But Paul all the Rudd, time. it looks much older than Cher on the show, and it's yeah. really kind of creepy to watch him like it's the Cher on show. the phone, like yeah. giggling with her, and he's like, "I can't believe I found Cher. My whole life, people have been like, hey, Sonny, where's Cher? And here you are.' And it's like, and Paul then... Rudd, you look like you're 27. <laughs> like this is weird. and then Cher, well, he was probably even older than that. Probably. He's 50 now, right? I don't know. Yeah, he is. Anyway, I, I forgot I was asking the woman who thinks the 90s didn't happen to the 2000s. <laughs> you're on like a sliding time scale. Like you're a I know comic no strip. information about anything. At any really. rate. Yeah. At any rate, Molly. Uh, Paul Rudd is in that. And in that scene, she goes like, yeah, I guess people never really ask me about Sonny because people associate me with like the strong, you know, independent Solo artist. Share. artist share. Yeah. But like the girl saying this just looks so much younger than Alicia Silverstone that like it's it's like creepy. It feels like she's trying to get away from this guy. But like <laughs> in the episode, she's like, he's probably super cool and I want him to like me. Yeah. And it's like she, it just it just doesn't work. The and way you're it like, this work. was your stepbrother. Yeah. Now, this is a different actress. She she shouldn't recognize the guy from the no. movie. But it's still weird. It's still universe shatteringly odd. Yeah. And it doesn't just happen with Paul Rudd. Um, Breckin to, Meyer shows up and not playing his character and uh, Brittany, Brittany Brittany Murphy, Murphy. Yeah. they both um, guest star as different characters yeah. from the movie I don't know why they're doing this they're not this. playing their movie characters right they were both in the movie as important characters and they interact with the people who are now playing their characters right. very weird and now it wouldn't be weird if no one from the movie returned. Yeah. I feel like if this was an entirely new cast. No, it would still be weird for Paul Rudd to show up. Okay. I'm going to put my Paul, foot down uh, That would still be weird. The Sunny Cher thing would be weird. But... It's the Cher show. Starring me. Cher. But Those I are the greatest like commercials in the world. Are. The ads for the Cher show where it's just her voice. And then like the drawing of her. And it's like, who is this selling the Cher? <laughs> uh, it sold me. It did. No, but. I don't. I don't think it would be as weird if no one from the movie was in the show, and then the guest starred kind of as like you know when, when the people from original Twenty One Jump Street show up in Twenty One Jump Street the sure. remake. Like I, I don't think that I get that's like a little nod, mm-hmm. but this is weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, and honestly, it's such a it's such a fun little like nineties. Uh, what what do you what do you call it? like a little curiosity, a little oddity i love things like this and i love when i've never heard of it before i didn't know yeah. that paul rudd showed up in the clueless tv show that's and why I didn't this know is that big Meyer to did. us is this is new to us it's new to us it's not something that you hear about all the time like there's little oddities that you always hear about and right. you're like yeah yeah i get it it's a common piece of trivia this is weird and maybe we're just basic bitches molly and we like we're behind on our clueless trivia maybe. but we're big fans of the movie and and I guess, you know, I mean, look, if you want to watch the Clues TV show, the whole thing's up on YouTube right now. <laughs> and that seems to be the only way you can watch it. Um, poor Amy Heckerling. I guess she can't get Paramount to give her a give her a DVD boxed set of Clueless. Or maybe there is one. And I'm even well, more Well, she didn't stay on board for after the first season. Oh, Amy Heckerling left? She left. Ooh, is that maybe they only. Ooh, that's interesting. Maybe yeah, that's why That got, I know. That is true. Maybe that. Listen. I don't want to accuse Amy Heckerling of anything because I'm a huge fan of her work. Johnny Dangerously is an underrated classic, but, and hear me out here, maybe that's why they started to write out the stepbrother because as soon as Amy Heckerling was gone, they were like, we no longer have to indulge the fetish of the stepbrother fucker here. That's let's, true. Let's, let's vamoose Joshy Boy and bring in Well, they, they also changed networks, though, so that might have been mm. part of it, is the network that it changed you might have not wanted that on. It went from ABC 
to something called UPN. UP. Okay, no, because Clueless was a Paramount movie. Yeah. UPN was the the Paramount network, oh. and they started in the in the nineties, and they didn't last too long. Generally speaking, they didn't have a uh, high budget content. They tried to. They had uh, Star Trek Voyager was mm-hmm. one of their big like launch titles. They were going to have their own exclusive Star Trek show. But the way that networks like this were launched, they launched it the same way they launched Fox, which is they went around and they bought up individual TV stations. Right. So you know how like there's Fox 5 and Pix 11, you know, and those are, you know, Pix 11 in our area is the CW, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that works is Pix 11 used to be, I don't know, let's say it used to be ABC or something. It used to be an ABC affiliate. Mm-hmm. So then uh, at some point, CBS and Warner Brothers went around and bought up Channel 11. They bought that affiliate from, let's say, ABC. And now that is the CW, which is co-owned by CBS and Warner Brothers. Interesting. So that's how it works. They just buy up those individual little stations. They buy your local channel. So then they start a new network that way. That's how Fox got started. All those Fox stations, Fox 6 and Fox 10 and Fox whatever, Mm -hmm. those all used to be other networks. And that's how Paramount launched their TV channel. Okay. And so they they had reruns of their own Star Trek uh, Star Trek shows that have been airing on other channels, and they launched Voyager as an exclusive thing for them. And they had other programming. They had the animated Hulk show on UPN. Uh, there were plans to do a, a Ghost Rider cartoon that didn't go through for UPN. They had some interesting content, but ultimately they they fizzled away. Paramount, as a company, has been through some weird financial times. Um, they've been bought by Viacom. They've been not part of Viacom. They've been connected to CBS. They've been not connected to CBS. Right now, they seem to be connected to CBS because CBS has all the Star Trek shows again, and that's a Paramount property. But Paramount does the movies instead of, say, Viacom releasing it through something else. But I think Viacom has Paramount again. It's nonsense, Molly. None of it matters. But the reason the show would move to UPN is because Paramount has Clueless, and so I guess they wanted to take the show back. So I guess that that is it. I, I, I didn't know that. Um, this is conjecture. Not I fact. would like to say something interesting. We all know the beloved show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, big fans. Big fans. Now, Melissa Joan Hart was considered to play Cher on the TV show. Oh, that's so funny. Because I had confused earlier today, we were talking about the show Braceface, which right. was a Disney Channel cartoon. And I had confused it with the Sabrina the Teenage Witch cartoon. And I was like, was Melissa Joan Hart the voice of Braceface? And you were like, no, it's Alicia Silverstone. Because the shows looked similar. Right. And but what's funny is that on the Sabrina the Teenage Witch cartoon, Melissa Joan Hart doesn't play Sabrina. She plays the aunts Hildy and right, Zelda, right. and well, her sister played Sabrina because she was younger in the show than she was on the sitcom. This is a lot of stuff for you guys it her to be taking. Or her daughter, I guess it was her sister. I thought it was her sister. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Well, Elisa Silverstone wasn't even brace faced for the whole time. But no, anyway. she left. Uh, she's just but season one. Not right? only was Melissa Joan Hart potentially going to play Cher, yes, they didn't have that happen. But then they did do a Sabrina the Teenage Witch crossover with Clueless, the TV show. I never heard about that. That's even better than the Paul Rudd. Guys, I hate to be (laughs) rude, but I think next episode, we might have to bump aside the Drake uh, the Jake and Josh. Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh. What was my other word exercise? (laughs) Wayne Knight. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moonlighting as Wayne Knight. Moonlighting as Wayne Knight. Drake and Josh fanfic. Moonlighting as Wayne Knight. I love, I need unique New York. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Um, yeah. Moonlighting as Wayne Knight. But yeah, no, Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, it was a crossover where 
Sabrina the Teenage Witch supposedly goes to the same school as Cher and Cher's like really confused she's like I've never seen you here before and I know everyone and she's like what do you think I just magically appeared and then she like snaps and disappears I don't know weird episode Molly you are actively blowing my mind right now this is real this is real I'm not making this one up this is real this is me I'm exactly where Where I'm I'm supposed supposed to be be. yeah gonna let my light shine on me Tammy Lovato, another character that was on Glee, despite her songs being performed mm, on Glee. Another character? She's a real woman. Well, no, she's playing a character. Oh, I'm sorry. At any anyway, rate, this is the weirdest thing in the world, and I can't stop. Clueless TV about show. It. Look into it, guys. Clueless TV show. A real curiosity. Not as weird as the Ferris Bueller TV show, which this has nothing to do with today's topic, but I'm just going <laughs> to throw this it. one out before we wrap it up for the day. There was a Ferris Bueller spinoff TV show. Right. It only ran for one season, Ooh, and the network be- the network was thinking it was gonna be a hit, but it was not. And the thing is, it opens with the TV version of Ferris Bueller. This is a little bit kind of what we're talking about, a little yeah, bit, a little bit. He's cutting up a cardboard cutout of Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller, so he has like a standee of movie Ferris Bueller, and he's cutting it up like that movie's nothing like me. I'm the real Ferris Bueller. And then twelve episodes later, America decided he was not. <laughs> Frankly, my uh. dear, the decision was made after episode one. Uh. I love that we're the only thing I'm willing to be bitchy about is a TV show that ran for one season 30 years ago. Right. Like everything else I have to be and super they nice did about. they their best. They actually did. Like, Look, I've never watched the whole show, but I'm sure there's some good writing. Sure. I mean, probably not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway. Would you, anyway. I would, what, real quick. Got Molly, nor, let's add a new feature to the show where I start asking you random questions towards okay. the end just to stretch it out because it's not long enough. I no. think we're hitting two hours. Oh, God. No, I'm sorry, guys. Eh, you're in a pandemic. What the hell are you doing with your day, right? I'm kidding. Your time is valuable. And, and whatever you have to do to de-stress, I want you to do that. Take care of yourself out there. This has been a mental health thing from Danny. Hi. Welcome to mental health thing from Danny. <laughs> Um, what was your question? My question is, uh, so Ferris Bueller is one of the John Hughes classics, yes, right? Yes, that's what I hear. If you had to pick another like classic John Hughes movie, you mm-hmm. know, what it was, Sixteen Candles, right. uh, Pretty in Pink, all the stuff that Home they Alone, on Psych, Home yes. Alone too, yeah, Breakfast Club, etc. If you had to pick another John Hughes classic, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, mm-hmm. to turn into a TV show, uh-huh. and keep in mind that there probably are other adaptations of his work for mm-hmm. TV. What would you pick? What do you think could work the best? I have my answer, but you're not going to like it. Uh, I'm going to say right at the gate, I don't want a 16 Candles TV show. I don't want it. Well, it would be weird for her to turn 16 every episode. Well, they wouldn't. She would just be oh, 16. Oh, would it be like the show 16 where they're hanging out at the mall? Uh, 16 weird episode. Um, I I would probably say you could do The Breakfast Club. You could follow the gang, like... What happens after that Saturday? Do they go yeah. and just pretend they don't know each other or like and just hold that one special day in their hearts? Or like do they form like this new weird group? Do they break down the social barriers when school continues? Or is this principal going to be out to get them and they're going to keep getting detention every Saturday for the rest of the year? Oh, well, that could be each season of the show is just their detention through the school year. So it's yeah. like, you know, that's another two Saturdays. That's another two Saturdays. And that's the network. That's how they order that's a season. They They're like, okay. another two episodes. And it, it's like a fun little thing they do. So that's, that's you mess that with the bull, be, you get the horns. My guess would be The Breakfast Club. I think yeah. it could work. I was going to say, tired, and again, I don't think you're going to like my answer, but it's the answer I'm giving you. Okay. Home Alone okay. TV show. And here's what it is. It, and here's why you're not going to like it. 
it's an anthology show like the twilight zone Mm -hmm. every episode deals with a child being home alone in some fashion Mm -hmm. so some of these will be it's an alien world and every other alien has been killed except one child and he is the last surviving member of his race of aliens right and so then other episodes will you know it'll be like the twilight zone where he breaks his glasses you know time at last to read all his books molly and it's not fair um the best thing in the world is the Futurama bit based on that, that where he's one. like, well, at least I can still read the large print books and his <laughs> eyes fall out. And he goes, well, I learned Braille and his hands fall off and he just dies. Yes. Anyway, Molly, and now I've ruined that joke for you if you ever watch Futurama. Oh, Point is, Molly, um, so the Home Alone anthology series, some episodes will be very Kevin-ish. They will okay. just be a kid has been left alone for some reason and he has to deal with a wacky adventure. But it's not always going to be burglars. Sometimes there's a gas leak in the house <laughs> and the child is delirious and you're seeing the child's hallucinations and he's wandering through the house. And and then some episodes, you know, it's like home alone. Right. Like the adults are there, but they're not like there for him, you know? Oh, so it's all different oh, kids. That's, so sad. that's why you're not going to like it, Molly, because it's going to get real. See, can I tell you what I thought you meant when you first said it? Home Alone TV show, yeah. I thought you were going to say when you said it was an, an anthology kind of. I thought it was going to be all the different things that could have happened when Kevin was left oh, home alone. Oh, it's and like a what see, if. Yeah, like all the different um, scenarios where he just doesn't run into those burglars. They go off to another house or whatever. Yeah. And instead, Kevin gets into Wait, some other thing. can I pitch you an alt for my original pitch? Go, go, go. Like it's an extra, it's an yes, extra thing? Extra okay, thing. You, the hands you were doing made me think you were mocking me, but I guess you were just trying to get some energy. It was kind of doing like a John Mulaney type of uh in oh hello kind of thing is what i felt like grandma's got a boyfriend it's not oh hello boyfriend's name is paul go on at any rate that was way out of tune at the end but it's fine um i should tune myself i should get someone to tune me that's my head yeah right grandma's got a boyfriend is such a jam at any rate um (laughs) we have said anyway and at any rate in sync so many times because i'm not giving up on this position my alternate pitch for the home alone tv show is it's we're all about the wet slash sticky bandits mm-hmm. and they are traveling the globe trying to do heists mm-hmm. and they are followed across the globe by Kevin McAllister. Mm. He's not an agent for any government. He is not endorsed by any Interpol or anything. In he fact, the government is also the government is also kind of after him because he's starting to get reckless, mm. but he is just dedicated to taking down the wet bandits and they're not even trying to hurt him anymore. They are not following him. They are just trying to do heists all over the world and he is following them, shooting them with BB guns, pelting them with slingshots at every turn. He turns everything they try to steal into a booby trap for them. Ooh. It is literally like an insane Javert, Jean Valjean manhunt with this relentless Kevin McAllister. Do and you after- follow him through the years? Does he get old? Uh, it's it's gonna be animated so that we can have Macaulay Culkin reprise oh, okay, his okay. role and still be a child. Okay, okay. You know, because we need the wet bandits in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, Joe Pesci's an older man. He's kind of retired from acting. I don't know if he's gonna want to be involved. We can get someone to do his voice. Chick Verena does a great Joe oh, Pesci we, impression. We can get those people from uh, Home Alone Four. I don't know if we'll be returning French Stewart's calls. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, if French Stewart wants to do it, absolutely. Him and Daniel Stern will just have two two does marbs. That guy get confused with French Stewart. You know, we talked about this. Um, German Stewart. Nope. That's a stupid joke. I'll go. <laughs> um, go ahead. Bye, everybody. Never mind.
At any rate, my Home Alone show is going to be a relentless manhunt as they slowly go insane. But then Harry and Marv kind of grow like closer together in Bond because they're like, we're going to do it. We're going to steal something. Like it's just, They're just so desperate to escape. So Kevin McAllister's the bad you're guy. You're sympathizing with It's like The criminals. Fugitive where like, like The Fugitive was a TV show before it was the movie where Tommy Lee Jones is mm. trying to get Harrison Ford. It's like that. It's okay. just this relentless chase. And Kevin doesn't care. He doesn't care See, if they're not stealing anything. He just wants to get them. When I thought... I again thought you were going to say oh, okay. something else. Um, Molly, you, you think I'm going to sing? I zag. You do. You, you can't pin me down. I thought you were going to say, you you gonna say, because I was saying the what ifs, the alternate things. I don't know why. I just really thought you were going to say that we follow the plot line of if Kevin had got arrested for shoplifting and he steals <laughs> that toothbrush, Hardened what happens? prison Kevin. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be a fun episode of my show. We can dovetail it in. They finally catch him for stealing that toothbrush, which oh. was not approved by the ADA, uh, the American Dental Association. And so they finally catch him for shoplifting after all these years. And Kevin gets thrown in prison. And you're like, oh, this is this is it. Harry and Marv are finally going to do their heist without Kevin, right? And what th- this is this one episode where Harry and Marv are barely going to be in it. Because normally they're going to be our like point of view characters mm-hmm. being bedeviled by Kevin. This episode is just, it's like sympathy for the devil, kind of like all the villain this episode. It is little Kevin McAllister in a maximum security prison. Oh, no. And you watch as he systematically destroys every other inmate, incites a riot, escapes the prison, and gets to like the, the store oh, no. just as Harry and Marv are about to commit the crime. So like it's there's like a great run of Batman comics where the Joker gets arrested and you follow him through the day Batman brings him into the police station. He kills like five people in the police station. He convinces a police officer's wife to to end her own life over the phone he just steals one of the the police officer's cell phones and pretends to be a doctor and give her bad news and then the next day they're they're driving him to court so that he can be tried and he he manages to get rid of the the armored truck driver and he kills him and then he's in court and he sees that the judge has a peanut allergy bracelet and he flicks a peanut into the judge's drink and he kills the judge and it's this like four or five issue comic arc where the joker is just destroying people and no one can stop him and batman won't of course kill the joker because he doesn't want to be like a fascist who claims that authority the one man judge jury and executioner and it's this but it's kevin McAllister from home alone and he is just systematically destroying people but it's all kevin McAllister, so he's still doing this with like race cars and tarantulas and like it is still using like gumdrops to murder it is so funny i'm watching the the audio. Yeah, the waves. The waves. And as you were telling that whole thing, the waves got so close together because of how fast you were speaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's this little low. Oh, that's great. That is really beautiful. That's a visual gag for me and no one else. <laughs> well, I'm um, glad that nothing I said was funny, but that no, up and down it, is it hilarious. No, it funny. I enjoyed your plot. You don't I'm have to compliment me. No more charity chuckles. This isn't Hashtag charity. stop the voice. Hashtag charity chuckle. No. Don't hashtag charity chuckle because it's not. I find you funny, so get over it. Bullshit. Anyway, at any rate, this has been an episode of the pants are too tight. We're gonna record a a little bit of a warning up at the top, as usual. And um, why don't you tell them at the end that we're going to record a, a warning at the top, Molly? I think that they've already heard it, Molly. In these uncertain times, nothing in the world is more important than transparency. Being open and honest with our customers. Let's fade out on Please this. Please stop. No, I don't want to fade out on this. It's making me sick. Molly, what song do you want to fade out on? Uh, Whatever the Clueless theme song was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the theme song to the, I guess now, YouTube exclusive show, <laughs> Clueless. This has been The Pants Are Too Tight. Please uh, tune in next time. Do we have a sign-off that we do? No, but I 
we usually fade out, but I just wanted to thank people for listening. Oh, okay, well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I hope you stick around for more. Please follow us on social media and tweet us and send us an email yeah, or again, rate us or um, leave a review. Tell us you hate us. Tell yeah. us you love us. Hey, if you if you send in something... Correct uh, my many mistakes that I'm apparently going to make. Yeah, tell me to stop the voice. Hashtag stop the voice. Um, listen, you know, just send it all in. Good, bad, whatever. This is a new show and we're excited to hear your your hate mail and your love mail. If yes. any love And mail if you have happened. any other examples that you found of celebrity paradoxes please do share them with us yeah if we if we uh if enough people actually listen to this thing we're gonna do a a a nice little mailbag episode where we'll listen to all your comments and suggestions and it'll basically be like a big appendix for all the the first run of episodes where we'll read your answers for all of our questions we're gonna take your feedback yeah we're gonna do it so hey if you want to trick us into saying something stupid on the air send us a fun letter it's not hard we do it every day yeah no we don't need to be tricked at any rate um yeah i hope everybody has a good day Here's the Clueless theme song. Yeah. No, it's Clueless. You stop the voice. She is literally the Polaroid of perfection.